men who care way more than they should. Glenn Clark. Glenn, no way. I'm sorry, Aaron. Did Alicia Fox call you the man beast? AJ Francis. And of course, everyone boos Roman Reigns, even though he puts on the best match of the night. Aaron Oster. Guys, look, there's that one time. You know, <laughs> oh, geez, Aaron. You're the worst. You are the worst. This is Jobbing Out. What's up? up? What is up? What is up? What is up? What is up after all? What is happening? Welcome in. Welcome in. That's a question. Yeah, right. It is episode number. Well, I mean, I'll tell you what's up. It's episode number four million because for everything we're going to say, at the end of the day, four million people tuned in to watch a wrestling program on Friday night. And so. They're going to shove it right back in our faces, no matter what it is that we have to say on this week's episode I, of Jobbing I thought Out. you were going to say $4 million is the amount of finishers that Seth Rollins hit uh, <laughs> Bray Wyatt with. It's pretty similar. Pretty similar. All right. I'm uh, Glenn Clark. He is Aaron Oster from the uh, Baltimore Sun. He is Brandon Linton from Rams Head Live. And he is, of course... The main event. Vent. 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 Yeah, that's uh, that's AJ Francis, aka Frank, um, whose album is out now. Free agent streaming everywhere. Go uh, take a listen. Go get your copy of it. And eighty thousand streams opening weekend, including one from your boy. So yeah. uh, <laughs> one, 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 one stream. Yeah, you did get one. Well, it's probably one more than I got from you, if I had to guess. Um, so he got that going for us, which is nice. Uh, but that's awesome. We're very happy for him. We'll talk more about what AJ has going on a little bit later on. Also, later on in the show, Percy Watson is going to join us. Uh, of course, uh, as we know, AJ, a former Redskin who became a wrestler, much like Percy Watson was a former Redskin who went on to become a wrestler. Um, he has since left WWE. He uh, Clearly, you had known him from what he was doing with NXT, uh, uh, doing some other things. We're going to talk to him about what he's up to, and as well as, uh, obviously, NXT making the jump to USA and all that sort of stuff. We'll get his thoughts on all that. So looking forward to doing that later on in the program. But before that, do we have anything you guys want to talk about or like anything, you know, just a, a pretty quiet, typical week, right? Nothing really do, that's do, worth. Do we have to? Like, <laughs> can we just like pretend the past 48 hours didn't happen? They uh, did. Uh, yeah, well, they tried to anyway. They did try to. Um, Aaron, because you're the one that's going to be with us. The best part is that they used no audience sound for like the end of the edit. Uh, yeah. Well, of course they did. I mean, <laughs> should they have? <laughs> like, geez. did you see the screenshot I sent you of the closed caption? Yeah, yeah, I did hear it that. It says "audience booze." <laughs> yeah. yeah, not great. Uh, Aaron, do you want to start there? I don't know what you feel strong. Do you want to start there? You're the one. That's I mean, we we might as well start there, and it's something, you know, when we had first thought thought the possibility of Bray Wyatt versus Seth Rollins. We knew it was a terrible idea. We knew it probably wouldn't be yep. booked properly. I was scared to death for The Fiend. What I wasn't scared for death for was for them to fuck up Seth Rollins in the process, too. And somehow they did both. I mean, I it was legitimately the- one of the, the worst booking decisions I've seen in a long time. What, what, I agree with I don't think they fucked up The Fiend. I mean, that, I, that's I think... The thing. And that's, that's, that's the thing. They, 
it's not great for the fiend, but Seth is way worse off than the oh, fiend is right now. Way worse off. Seth Rollins is Roman Reigns now. Like, that's a problem. I, I don't know what you guys are talking about. As I've told you before, we're all going to be dead one a day, so none of this matters. <laughs> yeah, who cares? It doesn't matter. Nothing none matters. matters. Nothing matters well, at all. Well, that that was the the uh, the whole motto of the past 48 hours is, oh, look, the draft is coming up, so nothing matters. We're just going to throw shit at the wall and just do random matches, and that's the worst of it. But there was a lot of randomness over the past couple can we of days. Can we just talk about the fact that is it cool to boost Seth Rollins now? Is that like the thing? I mean, I well, it's because of the, the fiend team. is way cooler. Like, yes, that's the thing is when when he beat SummerSlam, when he beat Lesnar at SummerSlam, I brought up the point that okay, this is why you know they wanted to make sure he is the he is the top face. Nobody, not nobody, can beat him, but he is very clearly there's not somebody who's more des- a more deserving champion like him. Like you could make the case Lesnar was. He is the good guy who people want to cheer for. Who is now. A deserving champion. In one fell swoop, they made him not just an undeserving champion because the Fiend should be champion right now if the ref didn't randomly end that match. If we're talking kayfabe here, but he's an unwanted champion because the Fiend is the coolest thing on TV that we want to see. Why? My thing is this: the no DQ finish is bad in and of itself. Just no DQ and Hell in a Cell is just bad. That's just. All around, never do that. It wasn't a DQ. He threw out the match for no reason. (laughs) Right. It's not the same because there's no winner and no loser. That that, the point is, there was no finish to a match when both competitors could still compete. It's almost worse, right? It it was. It was worse than last. Like last year. Last year, you could make the case neither competitor could compete, so they stopped the match. We had right. They did it last year too. Yeah, they did it. But did anybody see the first? Did anybody see the first Hell in a Cell? Why was Shawn Michaels not thrown? Why was that match not thrown? Oh, of course. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah right? Like, of course. This is so idiotic, especially when you have the, the most idiotic thing. Okay, you want to call, if you had called that a knockout, if you had said, boom, the Fiend is knocked out, A, it's bad for the Fiend, but at least you preserve some stuff for Seth Rollins. He wasn't knocked out, and he basically he beat Seth Rollins. He just didn't win the title. It you was know who insane. Been, you know who would have been pissed about uh, the finish of this Hell in a Cell? Everybody? Mankind. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I'm Mick Foley, I'm like, I literally <laughs> died, right? Like, I had to die, and I couldn't get anything to happen. Look, um... Mick Foley literally had to get off the girder. <laughs> right, correct. <laughs> That's actually true. <laughs> Look, man, I you know, it feels like we're rubbing it in, but, like, th- th- this is one of the most hellacious bookings that I can ever remember. And to the point where I think we all can say the same thing. If, if we've just gotten to the point where you can't ever have a finish to a match, which is sort of the dangerous place that we're in with WWE at this point, then you just have to do away with Hell in a Cell. Like, you just can't have this match anymore. You can't have a match like this. Secondarily, there's the flip side argument, which is, why has this occurred that we're so terrified of having finishes? Why has it occurred? What are we terrified of? Because I think the, the speaking to AJ's point, or to both of your points. My, my thing is, why has it occurred that we're so terrified of giving the person that everyone wants to win the belt? Right. Like, what What? What do you stand to lose either way? If, yeah. if you have a crazy match that Seth Rollins happens to win by DQ, right? Is The Fiend dead at that point? Is no, it no, no, no. I mean, the, the, you the can do exactly what you just did without it being in a hell in a cell. 
and it could have been a DQ, and it would it wouldn't have been as bad. You know what I mean? Well, that I wouldn't know. have been as bad. And if you just had him win, and you had Bray, you know, like everyone's talking about the Fiend and Bray Wyatt, like it's a horror movie. He's a horror movie villain. And let's look at at it this way: the villain dies sometimes. He just comes back to life. You can do that booking in this situation where Seth Rollins beats him, cracks him in the skull with a sledgehammer, wins the match, and then in the sequel, he comes back bigger and stronger than ever. If you wanted to go that route, I don't particularly want to go, I'd rather just have the villain win, and then have Seth rebuild, because that makes him look good, by the way, if he spends a couple months rebuilding and coming after the monster. What they did here is make it worse, maybe not worst case scenario for The Fiend, but bad for both people. That's what they did. I mean, it's 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 unconscionable. It's unconscionable. It's it's and the biggest. I think obviously the part the the subtext to all of this is that you're not reading the room. You know what I mean? And like that's well, that's the most difficult part about all of this. And that speaks to what you're talking about uh, about the crowd chanting chanting AEW. Look, you know, you're not ruining your company. Why it's, would you to go through all the work to do all the cool shit of the whole room being red with the lights still playing in the background? The incredible entrance. Seth Rollins literally spits up blood, and you just can't give the guy the dub. Yeah, I mean, none of that works. None well, of that. I guarantee you, what they're here's what they're thinking: that the, the, if they give him the belt, then they don't want to do after that. And so it it's, it it goes back to weeks ago when we when this started to be teased, like, hey, he's going to challenge the winner of this match. All of us were like, oh no. Like this is so soon. There's no way they're gonna pull it off, right? There's no way they're gonna. They're, they book themselves into a corner, and that's this is the product of that happening. But here's you know? the thing: I don't understand that concept of it being so soon. A, Sheamus held the world WWE title Ooh. after two months in the company. No, 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 no. I think you misunderstand what I'm. I'm not he, saying it's too no. soon to give him the belt. I'm saying I knew they weren't going to, and so because they gave no, him no, a I'm title sorry, match. I'm, talking about, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about. In kayfabe. Yeah. Oh, okay. Gotcha. He's yeah. already WWE not... champion. Correct. That's a fact. It's, this is Bray Wyatt it, still. <laughs> it's, it, it really is insane. Because, like, again, once you put the belt, you, you had Seth go cleanly over Lesnar, he shouldn't have lost for a while, which is why you can't put him in the ring with someone who shouldn't be losing it either. That's why these past two matches have both been rather insane. They, they don't get it. They just don't get it. And here's, here's the funny thing about this. As you said, like, they have to continue the story. Well, you know what? If they continue the story and all of a sudden The Fiend is chasing an unworthy champion, you know what that makes The Fiend? The, the face. The face, right. No, well, it's, all, it's over. But, but yeah, he in, already but is. Hang, yeah, that's, that yeah. is part of the problem, is that no matter what, he's the guy that everybody likes. So, I mean, they, he, they already have that issue. But yeah, I, but now in, in booking, in, like, the booking landscape, he's also the face. No, but it's let, not me say, just, let, let me say something here. So, Aaron, you're 100% right. And here's the crazy part. So Aaron and I were talking, and I, I said to Aaron, like, what did they expect the crowd to do? That's never good. What? <laughs> he said talking to me is never good. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's on but you. I said, what did they expect the crowd to do? Because I think all of us knew, if you told, if you read this booking on paper, not the ending part, but just like the lead up to it, basically like the 11 stomps, the him getting up after one, standing up after the stomp, like... There's not one of us that would have said, oh, the crowd is going to get behind Seth Rollins. Like, you you can't book someone like that and expect them not to think it's cool that, you know, aside from the fact that everybody already likes the guy, 
now you're booking him like you know the superhuman thing that everybody thinks is cool because he got up after because no one knows sells that move you know what i mean like he's he stood up the craziest part to me is the fact that like as they're doing it i'm literally watching it and i'm saying i said out loud i was like oh no yeah (laughs) i was like i was like i was like i could see the writing on the wall i was like uh, this is how they're going to have Seth win. They're just going to have to have him do everything possible to keep the Fiend down, to barely keep him down for three. I mean, that sucks that he's going to lose that way, but, you know, that's not too bad. Then yeah. they did what they did, and I was like, what the fuck is this? Well, b- by the way, what you just said is why the crowd started booing. Because after Seth Rollins kicked out of the sister Abigail, that's when it started. Because then everybody's like, oh no, Seth Rollins is winning. And that's when the crowd started turning on the match. Well, then then it was, like you said, it was worse than even everybody expected. Everybody just expected the thousand finishers and then the, and then the pin. And then something else happened. All right, I'm going to say, yeah, 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 it was awful. I, I want to... Well, wanna... Anyway, wait, hold on. So okay. what I was trying to say earlier when I said Aaron and I talked, and I said, what... what what did they expect their crowd to do? I'll tell you what they expected the crowd to do because they told us with the Raw Dark segment. And this is what makes this even more puzzling. You have The Fiend come out and attack Cesaro, which is clearly a face thing to send the crowd home happy. What the fuck are you doing? Like, you, this is the second time they've done that. So they clearly know he's a face in the crowd's eyes. So why did they book that? I just I'm so confused as to what they're doing. Well, but it, it goes back to a bigger problem, and I want to touch on that. I want to get two twofold real quick because I want to get to the I think what the bigger issue is that we're, we're that we're we've been talking about for some time, and it really is coming full force. But before that, to AJ's credit, something that he always says is why I had no fear of the fact when in the world in which they just went ahead and gave Bray Wyatt the belt or gave the Fiend the belt was not something that was going to be problematic to me specifically because of what AJ always says, which is. Frankly, most of the time, these things that we fall in love with are largely fast and furious, and Mm -hmm. they do tend to die after a certain amount of time, or at least dissipate a bit. Some have greater staying power, and some just become great performers that will follow no matter what they do. But for the most part, Rusev Day is sort of the way that we are, which is something's hot for a little while. I do think there is an argument for just fucking strike while the iron's hot. And I think most of us would say, do we believe that The Fiend will continue to be absolutely this white hot for another year? Maybe, but can we guarantee that? Of course we can't. And that doesn't mean that it's because of Bray, it's Bray Wyatt's fault or anybody's fault specifically, but it's just the cyclical nature, or the, the fickle, if you will, to, uh, to borrow a phrase, the fickle nature of us being fans of something. So it wasn't really that problematic to me in the world where you're just going to say, the fuck with it. Yes, this is hot right now. It's working. Let's just go ahead and give him the belt, ride it for as long as we can mm-hmm. fucking ride it, and go from there. And then we'll move on to the next thing at that point. I don't think that's a bad idea. I no. don't think that it's a bad idea to take something, recognize how hot it is, and say, let's pull the trigger Not now. Mention, other than Brock Lesnar, who the fuck's ever held the belt for a year anyway? Correct. Yeah. Right. No. I mean, correct. No. And, and, and uh, Glenn, your point. Was, sorry. Ahead, your no, point is hundred percent correct because that's exactly what they did with Finn Balor, right? Like they said, okay, this guy's super over. He's coming up from NXT. Boom, Universal Title. He got injured, so we don't know what would have happened. 
but that they did it before. Well, I mean, <laughs> they, they've they've they've, they've they done did this exact fucking thing. Well, it's a, I mean, again, that's significantly different. Like again, Bray Wyatt has existed for a long time, right? Like Finn Balor. But had we have to pretend main... like this is a new character, though. To this some, is a brand is, new. This guy. is a brand new. I mean, it's obviously Maybe, Bray Wyatt, but, but, it, but is a, it is a whole new character. I understand that. I'm not saying that it's not different than Bray Wyatt, but it's still they're acknowledging this is Bray Wyatt. They're not pretending <laughs> nah, like. Bro, it's just... He's a WWE champ, Bray Wyatt. Still. Right. They're not pretending like he didn't, hasn't, you know, right. been in championship matches at WrestleMania before. They're not right. trying to pretend. Well, they're, like, they're acknowledging his past. He correct. talks about people who had wronged correct. him before. So that is part of the story with him. But this right yeah. now, this with this character is white hot. Yeah. It would not have been a problem to say, "Fuck it, acknowledge how white hot it is," and it happens to also be in the biggest horror movie month of the year. Let's right. run with it. That wouldn't have been a problem. It really wouldn't. Seth Rollins would have been fine. You could have always gone back to Seth Rollins at some point. Perhaps you could have strengthened Bray Wyatt as a heel for Seth Rollins to overcome down the road. That's the story. Yes. That is the story right there. You have him kill Seth Rollins, and Seth Rollins has to find the silver bullet to finally take out this monster. Correct. It's All the of that, easiest booking ever. Right. That part would have been super easy. There is no reason why that isn't what they should have done. But the secondary part of it is the bigger problem. The bigger problem is they're afraid to do anything. They're afraid to pull the trigger on anything. In fairness, because we're going to beat them up on something else that they did here in a couple of seconds. They're afraid <laughs> to pull the trigger on anything. Nothing can have a finish. Nothing can conclude with one match. We always have to leave the option open to keep going with it. And I know that part of the problem is because it's really hard to do as much TV as they're doing and as many live shows as they're doing and constantly tell stories and come up with new ideas and fresh concepts. I'm not, that is really difficult to do. But the bigger issue is they're afraid to do anything. We just sort of have to keep status quo. Some of the reports that have come out is that they were hell-bent on, we need to have these four people be our champions right now as we make this transition. It needs to be Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch and Brock Lesnar and Charlotte Flair because they're the biggest stars. We have to have them have the belt while we're making this transition. The easy answer back is, well, they never fucking put Bray Wyatt in that match. That's, right? like, and that's the that's, thing. If, if, if that's your goal, if that is your biggest, you should have your biggest goals like circled on a board. And if those, that is your biggest goal, work towards that. That's fine. I mean, I, I, I hear you, and that's an easy answer. But the simple, the other answer back is why? What is is somebody more inclined to watch Raw on Monday because Seth Rollins is the champion than they would have been if Bray Wyatt, Wyatt was the champion? No, I don't. I, I would say no. I, I mean, I I'm, think they'd be more inclined to watch Raw if Bray Wyatt won. But I think they, certainly within the hardcore wrestling fan community, they would. Is the yeah. is, is there enough of an average person community that says I'll pay attention to WWE and their programming as long as Seth Rollins is is he that guy is he that relevant in pop culture that he has to be the champion that you need to say everything else be damned? I would say no. I guess the argument would be all right if you're putting you know we're if let's assume he's on Raw it is you know USA is going to roll out the red carpet and be like this is the face of you know the new Raw. And and this guy is your face. I could I could see the argument that Seth Rollins is the better person to be on that poster there. I mean, I I guess I, at this point I think you have to have them on different shows. By the way, I don't think you can. I think you have to separate the two of them. Oh, one hundred percent. If you if you want to preserve Seth, correct. I, I mean, I I think you need to keep these two people away from each other as much as humanly possible moving forward. And I don't know how you do that because clearly Brock Lesnar is going to be on SmackDown. So are, I 
I guess. Like, are you giving the Fiend to SmackDown and just SmackDown's going to have everybody at some point? It's going to be Bobby Lashley and Rusev on Raw for a little while. I, I you know, uh, I, I, I mean, I, if it wasn't, I mean, it seems like you know Fox wants to do the more kind of sports oriented. Brandon's grown weird. Brandon's grown was just hilarious. I know, I know. I, I, I hear. I know why he's groaning. I, I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't have the. I don't have the. Brandon, you're not a fan of the cuckold gimmick. <laughs> but it's not. We, Wait a second. We, Hang on. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. I don't want to. I don't. I, we'll get to don't it. waste it. Yeah. We'll get to. We'll get to it. Uh, I know Aaron's got to go in a little bit. Aaron, um, so that we've talked about, let's talk so that you can get your thoughts on it. Let's also talk about what happened on Friday night um, and and the burying of Kofi Kingston, which I think is you know story one B for the the past it, couple of days. It's so fucking stupid. Now, like, here's the thing. Now everything I just said about Bray Wyatt, I. I think it's dumb what they did with Kofi, but I understand completely because what you don't want is Kofi to lose that match, which is always the plan. We knew that. Yeah. And have the crowd cheer. Um, but the here's, way, here's what, the way you have him booed is you have Brock Lesnar win that quick, and people are like, this sucks. Yes. Okay. Brock You're 100% hate, correct I, about this. I don't think that's I'll, the I'll only way. But it. I think you could have done it where it was still a two minute match and Kofi doesn't look like a complete idiot in the process. I agree with that. I agree. I don't I don't think it had to be a 15 minute classic. Brock Lesnar lost the match that quick to Goldberg, bro. But, yes. but we all disagreed with that. <laughs> like, nobody it. thought that was oh you did all right great you're, I mean, you're, if, the, you're the if, problem if we're believing that the if we're believing that the matches matter and the matches kind of rub off on a person that means kofi is weaker than everybody that brock lesnar has faced for the past three no years. it doesn't no it doesn't it just means he got caught slipping just like but everyone got caught slipping everyone's been hit by an f5 and almost everyone kicked out of that first f5 bruh but th- th- you know every fight is different bruh and sometimes Mike Tyson's hook will knock you out, and sometimes you got to bite your ear. To but they didn't. Here's, here's the, and I've heard that. They, they weren't selling that story. They were selling the, oh, my God, Brock Lesnar is awesome. Here, you know, he hit someone with the F5, and that's it. No, they said they that Kofi Kingston made a mistake. That's what they said. But I, I guess here's the question. Like, I, I understand. Kofi's for jumping into his arms. Mm-hmm. Well, that's That's the story true. they took. Again, I, that's but, the but way then, I took but, it. But, when, when other people are so, you know, we saw Seth Rollins immediately get hit by an F5. He kicked out. We saw Finn Balor get hit by an F5. He didn't kick out, but he reversed it. What's the difference between Kofi? Are we saying Kofi's not as smart as the others? Like, what? how did he get caught when no, everybody else just got a caught? Match. And, how, how did, how did uh, Mustafa Ali do that roll-through move one time and it worked, and then the next time he did it, it was an RKO? Niggas wrestling. But he was... He was I mean, first of all, that was 12 minutes into the match. Doesn't matter. It doesn't being, matter. It, it, the, Brock Lesnar got hit with the Goldberg spear, and he was dead one time. The other time, he kicked his ass at WrestleMania. Yeah, well, that that was weird. <laughs> Again, if we're going back to but, that, but that was stupid looking matches, too. But they're different matches. Like just I don't because know. I, I think it made I think it made Kofi look bad. I really. But we can't pretend. pretend Sorry. It did make Kofi look bad. 100%. I'm not saying it didn't. But we can't pretend in the world of wrestling that we haven't seen John Cena kick out of five finishers and also lose to one of the finishers. Well, I mean, again, I, when all the, that, when's the last time Cena's lost to one finisher? Can we also talk about it the fact that... It definitely has happened. I'm just saying, you can't say it's never happened, though. Can we also talk about the, the last time that Brock faced Kofi, Kofi got his ass whooped, too? Sure. And then if we're saying that Kofi is not that level okay 
Yeah, th- this is the tricky part. That's literally what they are saying. Right, and that's and this and that's <laughs> that's the, the problem. Right, that's the problem for me, and that's the fine line here. Right, like the fine line for me is it's, I don't really give a shit about the mechanics of the match. It, to me, it's really about what it does to Kofi. And the problem that I have is that the story that you've told, again, the idea being that Kofi wasn't supposed to be here, that he wasn't supposed to be this guy, that's all well and good. But you let him be that guy for six months. Um, you do this a couple of days later. And in later. their mind, here's the thing, though. But you got from their perspective, and I understand it, it's, bro, we spent the last six months showing you Kofi's the shit. Now he's going to do what's best for Biggs. And again, I don't think that anybody is suggesting that Kofi should have gone over Brock Lesnar. I don't think that anybody has ever said that was the way this should have gone. I do think that in the subtlety of there's a significant difference of allowing him to get some sort of offense, almost just in a way to recognize, hey, look, we did make this guy a champion who beat legitimate people. We did that work. We're, we want to back up that work as though it was relevant and mattered and correct by saying this guy's at a place where at least he's not going to lose in three seconds. I can I make it, can I make an argument as Kofi as a sacrificial lamb here? Is that so? I think what really happened, and, and it's you know, it, it probably plays into you guys' point because this wasn't about Kofi at all. Of course, this it was wasn't. about the fact that they knew Kane Velasquez was coming out, and a, a bunch of wrestling fans don't even know who the fuck he is, and they needed to make sure that people would be wanting to see Brock Lesnar get his ass kicked. But you can do that in so many ways. There's so many uh, ways this to do was, that. AJ's right, though. This was the nuclear way to do it. Yes, like, this is you're telling you me it's less... Brock wait, wait, wait. Immediately. You think it's, it's less the nuclear? nuclear option. It's absolutely the nuclear wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. option. The question is, was the nuclear option needed? Well, wait a second. There's twofold, that's though. A, that's there's, a relevant point. I there's don't another know, nuclear option. It definitely option. is the easiest way for them to be like, I people honestly think fucking that the nuclear option. I honestly think the nuclear option was needed. Let's let's not pretend that fans were chanting Kofi, weren't chanting Kofi stupid against Randy Orton. You're right. That you know. I, I mean, that's fine. I, Look, there's again, there's twofold. One, Rey Mysterio came out with Cain Velasquez. Everyone knows who Rey Mysterio is. Everyone loves Rey Mysterio. There was you mean the Rey Mysterio that got booed at the Royal Rumble? <laughs> Oh, yes, come and on. clearly that sorry, was because I mean, of Rey Mysterio. Sorry, yeah. Jesus sorry. Christ. He's one of the most beloved figures in the history of wrestling. Secondarily. Not, at, not when his music hits at 30. Again, when you're expecting <laughs> Daniel Bryan. Yes, I understand that. Secondarily, the second part of that being the other nuclear option is to have Brock Lesnar, again, with minimal, getting letting Kofi get any offense in, and then after he beats him, proceed to give him six more F5s, and you're in the exact same spot. It's the same thing. You don't have to do that. And again, it doesn't mean that it didn't work. It's the question of, was it worth trading off shitting on Kofi? And the secondary part of it, which I'll be the one to bring up, is the one where, okay, you did this with the black guy. That Really? They would have done that to anyone. Brock Lesnar did that. I, normally, I, you, I agree with you. You know that. But Brock Lesnar literally did the same bit for Goldberg, which to me is way worse. Well, I agree that it was way worse. Nobody's arguing that that wasn't. This is not me saying I think that was good. I hated it. You know that. I hated it. It was but no, we all awful. Pop, everybody popped, though. Not I. And then Glenn not ranted I. for 45 minutes on the next not show. Not fucking I. Glenn was definitely not pleased. I was never on board with that, and you fucking know I wasn't. There wasn't a moment where I was on board with that shit. That was terrible. That being said, 
This is you've had a bunch of different guys that were allowed to get offense in against Brock Lesnar, but the company that we've had to have this conversation about before because it's real. Again, this is about reading the room. The guy you decide to be the one that doesn't get any offense in happens to be the black guy. And I'm not telling you that it was done purposefully. I'm not telling you that it was because they're all racist. I'm saying that sometimes you need to read the room. And that does exist in the decision-making that you have. And that while, AJ, to your credit, you don't, you're not thinking that, and God bless you, to think that no one was thinking about that would be insane. That's a problem uh, yeah, that this a company has dealt with. I, I yeah. will say this. It, it, here's here's what will back up Glenn and Aaron's point here. Uh, remember a guy named Finn Balor fought Brock Lesnar at, uh, <laughs> at Royal yeah. Rumble? Um, he almost beat him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, and it was believable, and it was done in a way that Lesnar still came out of it fine. Like, so, like, you could point at that match and say, why couldn't you do, like, one-third of that match? Just two minutes. Yeah. Two minutes. It's really because you went off the air three minutes early. Two minutes. I mean, that's, that's, all. that's all we're talking but, about. Uh, but I'll tell you why. It's because they were scared that no one was going to cheer. I know you're, you can say everything you want about Rey Mysterio. I guarantee you there was people that were like, who is this fucking doughy well, guy? Plenty of people didn't there know who Cain Velasquez is. Plenty of people. But yes. that's why they brought him out with Rey Mysterio. He, right. No, but what I'm saying is I think they were they were pulling out all the stops to make sure people wanted to see Brock Lesnar get beat these up. Weren't, you could, there were other stops you could pull out in order to protect that. They didn't have to be that. You didn't also have to bury Kofi Kingston in the process. There were other things that you could do in order okay, to make that happen. I, I, listen, I get it. I understand. I even agree to a point. But what is the story that we've been telling with Lesnar to get him booed? He doesn't deserve the spot. He doesn't show up. He doesn't do anything. His matches have no moves. I mean, I I, I, I think this is the top way, the biggest way to get him. I think it's one of it, it goes. It goes back to you know what we were talking about with Bray. They have that one circling thing. There are a lot of ways to get to that yes. circling thing. There's a boatload. There's a fuck ton of ways to go about doing it. And maybe in one of them, you think about the other guy and you think about how a group of fans are going to react to it and whether or not that matters. And again, as I said at the top of the show, the answer might be, fuck you. Four million people watch the show. We don't give a fuck. We've got a billion dollars from Fox. We don't give a flying fuck if we're reading the room or not. And maybe there will be no recourse for it. Maybe there'll be four more million people to tune in this week. Perhaps that will be what it is forever, and no one will give a shit. But it's a weekend of feeling like you're not reading the room. The room what, if this, what if this turns into a long build to Kofi beating Lesnar? Do you believe that? Do you believe that for a second? I'm not saying I believe it. I'm saying what if they did that? If it does, then we will go back and we will, we will talk about everything differently. But right now, I don't believe there's a chance in hell of that happening. Yeah, I mean, I don't, okay. I, I don't either. But I mean, like again, yes, as always. I like, mean, the Daniel Bryan template is right there. What do you mean? He but, got beat by Sheamus in three seconds uh, at WrestleMania, and it led to the biggest two, moment in the history of yeah, WrestleMania. Two, well, not led directly. Two years of one. It eventually, later, yeah, yes. but but yeah, but yeah, now the template yeah, again, is there. Is what it, I'm saying. Now it, they could consciously do that. If it happens, we can go back to this. Right now, I don't believe it's happening, and I'm not going to pretend that I believe that it's happening. I mean, if he loses to Baron Corbin next week, then then yeah. he's the biggest jobber ever. Well, and I also don't, the ring is the biggest jobber right. ever. I also yeah. don't think that where Daniel Bryan was at the point of the Sheamus thing, or the is 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 what we're talking about. You know, Kofi Kingston's coming off what we thought was maybe the greatest moment ever, right? Like 
Daniel Bryan at that point in his career was not it, it, it the significance wasn't the same. No, 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 and, no, no. My point is they saw that happen, so now that could be a written story instead of a, a coincidental Brent, one. Brandon, like I you, hope I hope that's the case. I hope that's yes, the case. Yes, we that's much, it. We much I like, hope so. I don't. I'm with you. Strong. I don't think that's what they're doing. But yeah. I think that's the that's the other argument is if yeah. if there's something in mind that would okay. We want him to get crushed so that he can overcome that, and maybe he ducks the next time and hits him with a trouble in paradise and pins him. I, I, there was a small part of me that thought that that is what was going to happen in the match, and that, then, all then that would be wonderful. I hope I hope that's the case. I don't believe that's the case, but I really do hope that's the case. I just refuse to give WWE that credit at this point. Um, uh, <laughs> Aaron, I gotta go. A- Aaron, do you want to say anything? Yeah. What's up? Yeah, plugs, anything else you want to mention? Oh, yeah. Uh, watch the Daily Line 37. Actually, uh, check my social media this week, and you might see some cool stuff there. And um, I can't believe the Kabuki Warriors won after getting one win in the past three oh, months. Who, that won, was who won picks? <laughs> who won picks? Uh, how'd the picks go? I think you. We all did terribly. I think you ended up winning, and then the other. Glenn the won, the three of us were tied. Wow. And, yeah. I was ho- and I was really hoping that Seth Rollins was going to win because then Aaron would have lost. But that. Match Whatever. got thrown out. So. Yeah. All right, all right, very <laughs> good. All right. All right. There's Aaron. All right, there he goes. Um, I, 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 let's, we'll finish up our, our thoughts on the Kofi thing, and then we'll talk about everything else in segment number two. Um, I, I'm not to, to to wit, right? Like, I I get that their priority was Brock Lesnar. I completely understand that Brock Lesnar was their priority in this situation, and their secondary priority being Kane Velasquez and what they're trying to do there. Um, which is also weird. I don't know what the. I mean, if if they're I hate this. The reports are that they're doing all of this for fucking Saudi Arabia, right? Yes. Like, that this is just about setting up Brock Lesnar and Cain Velasquez for Saudi Arabia, Braun Strowman, Tyson Fury for Saudi, or I'm sorry, Jesus for, um, I'm sorry, for Riyadh, which of course is a place in our hearts, uh, could be anywhere. <laughs> um, it, 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 it sort of makes you sick that, like, we're doing, we're doing all of this. The reason why we had to bury Kofi Kingston is because of what we're doing in Riyadh, right? Like, that makes it, even more kind of sickening if what you told me was hey this is a long play that ultimately gets us to brock lesnar versus like Rey mysterio at wrestlemania and there's something really cool at the end of it i don't know maybe i'd be more willing to listen to the value of that right like maybe we were more willing to listen to perhaps this was more worth it than i you know could could see in those moments but it feels like this is extremely narrow-sighted to we have to get to this thing that we're doing in this place where they're giving us a billion dollars despite the fact that they murder journalists. Um, and, and, and when his, when Ray's music hit, a little bit of me was like, oh, okay. You know, like, oh, okay. You set this up on Monday. Is This is why we're... And then when I saw what it was, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shit. Yeah. yeah. Yep, that's what it's going to be. And again, I'm look. I I, I think that uh, all the reports on Cain Velasquez is that he is way better at this than he has. Oh any yeah, to be. I read I read some things too. It's a, like apparently there's matches you can look at from Triple Mania where he can do some real stuff. Yeah, like the word is that Cain Velasquez has been incredible so far in his run. I'm not I'm not down on Cain Velasquez unless this is like just a one time thing that you're just doing for this event and they don't. He's not actually signed to be here long term. Like I. There's still so much that's kind of unknown about that. Like he says, he didn't sign. <laughs> Nobody in the, the 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 world believes it's possible the WWE would have given him that moment if he wasn't signed um, to at least something. I don't know what the play is there long term, but 
I'm not down on Cain Velasquez because Cain Velasquez is a professional wrestler now. This is now his trade. This is what he does for a living, and apparently he's pretty good at it. Um, I'm inclined to, to be into that. I think that's that's cool. I think that's dope. Those aren't the things that I'm down on. I'm just down on Barry and Kofi Kingston. I hate He's no Frank. Well, he might not be Frank, and that could be perhaps WrestleMania uh, 40 is Frank versus Cain Velasquez. That can be the way that that plays out. All right, um, when we come back in segment number two, we are going to talk about everything else that occurred over the course of the last week. And Hello? it's not even a week. Yeah, you there? Hello? Hello? You there? Yeah. All right, good. Uh, By everything else, you mean? Yeah, there was, a, there was, a, there was the rest of a pay-per-view. There was a, a situation. I don't want to. God damn it. We'll talk about the, the Rusev stuff. Um, we'll talk about the first. I, I, apparently, the first SmackDown was more important than the pay-per-view. We'll talk about all that crap. Um, that's all happened in like three days since the last time we did a show. So we'll talk about all that. And, and oh, we'll talk about uh, AJ and a, a TLC match. Um, we'll talk about <laughs> we'll talk about that too. Uh, I'm Glenn, and he's Brandon, and he's the main event. AJ Francis, this is jobbing out. Baltimore's favorite bar is just 771 feet from home plate at Camden Yards. Sliders Bar and Grill is at 504 Washington Boulevard, just steps away from Camden Yards. It's the perfect sports bar for every season. This is the perfect time to book your private party or take the office to lunch. Feeding clients, take them to Baltimore's neighborhood sports bar, Sliders, for great food and drinks with some local atmosphere. You can book your private event on the second floor or on the outside patio, both overlooking the best stadium in baseball. See all of Sliders' daily specials or book your party at slidersbaltimore.com sliders baltimore's neighborhood sports bar visit them today back in here for segment number two of jobbing out glenn clark brandon linton and of course the main event. AJ Francis, a.k.a. Frank. Don't forget, Percy Watson joins us in just a little bit. Don't um, I also, I think that at the end of the, of the Hell in a Cell match, Bray Wyatt and, the, uh, and Seth Rollins would have ended with the theme music from Curb Your Enthusiasm, <laughs> and would have popped. I think you're right about that, actually. <laughs> I think you're right about that. By the way, just in general, I like I, I get what they were trying to do, but I am opposed to the, the red thing. I thought it, I, I just, it gave me I a headache it. looking at it. It really gave me, it, it was tough it. for me to follow the match. It was tough for me to, I, I get that it, it like the concept was cool. I just liked it better in theory than I liked it in practicality. Well, it looks I, like hell, for real. I loved it. You know, we know that every character that they give tinted lights to ends up being uh, a huge success, right? That's true. That is a great point, Brandon. I mean, we, I mean, we have the point of uh, the great Sin Cara. That's right. Yeah, he got his own light scheme, and it worked out really well for him. He would fucking lose matches. Uh, yes. And he would have the lights. That is true. It was uh, anyway. Um, all right. So a lot of other stuff going on, including... So I gotta like we've we've talked about it as a cuckolding bit, but I think we actually got clarity as to what they were doing with Rusev and Lana and Bobby Lashley on Monday night. Um, which I, I get that it's funnier to refer to it as a cuckolding bit, but I mean like they they spelled it out like the idea is that Rusev and Lana broke up and Lana's now moved on to Bobby Lashley, which I like. <laughs> but by the way, the way they played it last week. Now that you understand that, right? Is the, what, that is how they played it because oh. Rusev knew what was he. He played it. I will say this: 
Rusev is doing very well in this shit situation he's been put in. He told the story with his face. He knew exactly what was happening when Bobby Lashley came out. Right, right. Um, you're, you're, you're literally telling the story uh, that I already told last week. Well, I wasn't here when you told that part. That is true, like, but you could have listened to the show, um, much like Aaron, who asked for AJ's picks over the weekend because he clearly didn't listen to the show, assholes. Uh, <laughs> you guys are assholes. Um, look, we, I, we were so busy that we couldn't do the show. We clearly have time to listen to it. Well, maybe you should make some time, jerk. <laughs> Moral of the story being uh, twofold. One, I, it's silly. It's campy. But as I said a week ago, I thought a week ago the shock worked. Like the shock actually diluted the campiness of it because like the shock was so significant that like all you were talking about was the shock and it avoided the campiness. Look, it was campy as fuck that they played that music during that segment. I mean, like that it's hard to get campier than playing fucking porno music while you have Bobby Lashley lying in bed with with Lana. It's about as campy as it can get. I I'm not this is I, this sounds really weird. I am not as down on this as everyone else is. I'm not either. I'm not. I don't think it's this. I don't know that I really wanted them to do a cuckolding bit. But as I said before, like, it could have been hilarious, too. It could have been hilarious if they had, like, forced Rusev and Bobby Lashley into a tag team while addressing Hello? the fact that they were doing a cucking thing. It's uh, you're, We're still here. It's just AJ. You just background. cut out. Glenn. No, 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 no. I was still here. Everybody could still hear me. You, the, the background noise is the problem. Um... The the issue, um, I I still don't think this has a lot of legs now. Like you can only keep doing the same thing so often. Like what you've already literally had them having sex, right? Like <laughs> what's next? Where do you go from here? Like where's the next thing that like? How does this like make Rusev any angrier? You've literally had them have sex on TV, and she's emptied his bank account. Now what? <laughs> Listen. Uh, now they fight. I guess. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's yeah. A, that's what you're gonna have to do. But there's not a pay per view for a little bit, so I, I don't well, know. There actually is. And you can definitely salvage. You can definitely salvage your uh, your your broken marriage, and retrieve all your money back in your bank account from violence that's definitely how that is the way it works i think everybody does know that that is a fact that's the way that it goes um you, brandon you said there's a pay-per-view coming up but you definitely can't do this in saudi arabia because it involves a woman all oh, right and rusev is on team hogan anyway it's not an option you don't like what how long can you go with this like, yeah, they certainly can't do this in Saudi Arabia. Like, now that you're... Well, they, <laughs> not only does it involve a woman, but it is not their cup of tea either, even Well, I mean, right, I mean, whatever you want to say. Like, it, they, they're not doing it there. This is not the place where you're doing the... the so, so what 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 exactly are you doing? Bobby Lashley's going to be on Team Flair. I mean, that's fine, and you can keep yeah, it. Yeah, but they, they can't have Lana there. Right, but I, 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 to AJ's point, you can try to keep it alive yeah. by having them sort of interact with each other during the course of the match, and that's fine. But again, that requires now this to be dragged out for multiple... How far away are we from Survivor Series? Oh, Jesus. Like, yeah, a long way. You're requiring this thing to be dragged out for another eight weeks when we've already done 
them having sex on TV and her getting all of his money. So what are you doing for the next seven weeks? She's taking the dogs. I mean, I guess. Like, that's the next one, I guess. Sell, selling his stuff, I don't know. I maintain that the best way for this storyline to go is for Rusev to be in on it and to <laughs> never address it. I told you guys that last week. It's the best way for this storyline to go is for at some point for it to flip and for Rusev to have known the whole time and for us to never address the fact that literally for a stupid professional wrestling storyline with no belt involved, he was willing to let her have sex with Bobby Lashley. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's the best thing you can do and leave us all scratching our heads saying, what the fuck just happened? It's the best way to go from here because right now, as shocking as it is and as much as I'm not out on it, I just don't know what the next thing is. I, I worry that like there's not even a guarantee these two guys are definitely going to be on the same show and that this was just something that we could do for a couple of weeks to 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 try to get people talking until we figure out what we're doing next. Can, can, can I give you a small hint of hope that I think is coming from this big picture is that this is the most TV time Rusev has had oh, in I'm, I'm on board years. with that. Again, I'm on board. And, it, it's, and it's, he kicked the shit out of Baron Corbin and Randy Orton, uh, which is a big spot for him. So, like, if, if we can sort of center around that and then this other shit fades into the background, I'm completely fine with it. I'm fine with it, too. And, again, I'm not... We all know that this is leading to Rusev versus The Fiend in Hell of a Cell. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god if they didn't wait a second Cas will come out oh and hang then, on a uh, second hang on a Tyson second Fear will throw him in the crowd if they do this where like lana keeps moving around the locker room i'm actually not sure i hate that <laughs> i'm that, actually, actually that's what i was if, if they do sure. that if they do that and then still come back to your rusev was in on it all the yes time, it, i would actually give it a standing ovation <laughs> i would fucking <laughs> pop like yeah. fuck Here's what happens. He kills every person that she sleeps with, right? Culminating in a match at WrestleMania against uh, <laughs> against someone. And when he wins, then Lana gets in the ring and they laugh and right. kiss. Right, and they and celebrate over. together. And it's they, they, it was a setup all along. It would be one of the greatest moments in the history of professional wrestling. And they may never address it. They can never bring ah, up. jokes on you. Exactly right. It's how it has to be. He has to literally say, jokes on you. I knew all along. Just so we all sit there saying, wait a second. That has to be how this goes. It has to be. Or else, it, what is the purpose of any of it? Um, the Tyson Fury thing is weird. Not because I don't get it. I get it. It's going to draw them cross-platform attention. Uh, again, apparently something that they are doing for Riyadh specifically, which is a place in our hearts. Um, and there was a lot of money involved, and they needed to do something big, and so here's something big that we can do. It's weird for me only because if I'm Tyson Fury, like, doing anything does involve a risk of getting hurt. Um, I don't doubt the payday is really good, and so ultimately, like, you know, you pay me a certain amount, I'm willing to do just about anything. But there is, like, a real risk of getting hurt involved, no matter what they do to try to protect him. They kid glove the I don't shit know out of you, him I don't know if segment. you know this or not, Glenn. I don't know if you know this or not. But he gets punched in the I know, head but that's what he does for a living. Like, that's his vocation. That's what he's going to keep doing. And he, in fact, got fucking punched like hell in the last fight and his eye opened up like but he does that for a living that's that's how he that's his money making thing 
So you take a certain amount of risk, like, you know, when you are a professional wrestler now, you know you could get hurt, but that's what you do. In order to progress in your vocation, you have to go and wrestle. You have to have matches. Tyson Fury, in order for him to progress in his vocation, has to be able to box. Um, there's, a, there's a real risk in stepping out of that, knowing it could hurt your ability or hinder your ability to get back into a boxing ring. And I get it. I, I'm going to make the argument myself that for a certain payday, you say, yeah, I'll take that risk. I'll sign up for that risk if you're paying me God knows what un- you know, ungodly amount of money in order to do it. Um, does it help Braun Strowman? I guess. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I can't see yeah, a world in which it... with the world heavyweight champion definitely helps the guy in the match. I think so, but like... <sighs> I it's just such I have such a weird feeling with Braun Strowman, man. Like this does feel like they literally fucking did this with the Big Show. Yeah, just, I was gonna say like, like that's what, when we talked last week or two. It was like two weeks ago. We're like, is Braun Strowman the Big Show? He is the Big Show now. I'm like that's the thing. Like, like and again, there's nothing as we keep saying. There's nothing wrong with being the Big Show. The Big Show's a fucking Hall of Famer, a legendary performer that is beloved and will will be thought of for years to come. It's just about where our expectations might have been for Braun Strowman that somehow it's disappointing the thought that he ends up being the big show. That's it. That's all I'm like. If you're the big show, awesome. The big show's got to. I'm assuming Paul Wright is living a fucking wonderful life these days, right? Like, I assume he ain't got a single complaint about how things have gone for him. I would imagine that uh, he would say to Braun Strowman tomorrow, do all of this shit. Do all of it. Try to be me. Try like hell to be me because my life is phenomenal, right? Outside of, obviously, I'm sure he's dealt with some health issues because of his size. Um, I, I'm going to guess that's the case. It's just really about us and what we thought it looked like was happening with Braun Strowman, and that's why it's disappointing. And again, I, in, in a vacuum, it's a huge moment. It's a huge spot. You're getting a ton of mainstream attention, all of that shit, right? Like, all of that's good, but does that sell me that you're definitely getting Braun Strowman right back into the picture of him, like, finally winning the championship afterwards? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. You haven't done it yet. I, I don't know why I'm going to change my mind that now's the time that you're going to do it. Um, I have a question for you. So, first of all, does, does Fox have anything to do with boxing? They, they do some premier boxing champion fights, but Tyson Fury has nothing to do with that. Right. So first of all, I, I I'm gonna be honest with you. I had no fucking clue who this guy was when he came out. If you're when, not when they a, showed him in the, right. I no idea, zero idea. I had you never, never heard you of never him saw him rise from the depths like Lazarus during the. No, I I'm completely removed from boxing. I know uh, nothing. I just want you to know. Just go watch that highlight of him versus Deontay Wilder. I've okay. never been more sure that a match was, it was over amazing. and been yes. more wrong. Correct. Correct. I mean, it was literally it was literally the Undertaker, Jeff. Like, I mean, it was the really? Undertaker in boxing. Yes. I mean, he was done, <laughs> done, out, and just got right back up. And, and is like, that what they re- is that what they were referencing in yes. the segment? Yes. Yes. When he said you were flat on your back against whoever. Deontay Wilder, the strongest puncher in the history. Of Wait, and he won? No, I like, just saw it, the it punch. It was a draw. It was a draw. Jesus. Christ. Really, really, to be honest with you. Tyson Fury, he won on points if you really judge it like that. But the reason it was a, end up being a draw and it was believable is because Deontay Wilder beat like beat him down and knocked him down and basically out twice. 
So in my mind, if you're boxing somebody, and even if you beat them on points, but they never, you never knocked them down, and they knocked your ass out twice, you lost. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that necessarily. But the, the point being, I, Brandon, what you're speaking of is not uncommon. There's probably lots of casual uh, fans who are like, I don't fucking know who Tyson Fury is. I, that's why the WWE has gone out of their way to try to sell it to up. Say, yo, this, he's the heavyweight right. champ right now. Right, and the like, Looney- I've heard of Kane Velasquez, Velasquez, but I'm I didn't know what he looked like. You know, until right, you no, I understand down. what you're saying. I, I, I've heard that name. I think I, I think a lot of people are in your category, but I do also think that the, what what you're missing is Tyson Fury is a huge fucking deal overseas. Like he's a uh, massive deal. He's the Gypsy King, right? Like he is in 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 England. He's a fucking like one of the biggest celebrities on in in the country. Um, and not even just that. He's also like he's actually fantastic on the mic. Oh, he's no, and he's done he's done pretty well with this so far. Um, I'm not. No, I mean outside. I mean you can oh, tell that, oh, that WWE oh, shit. Absolutely, is yes. But what he, I'm saying is like. When he would do his boxing promos promoting his own fights, yes. he's he, he can incite a crowd. Yes, uh, one thousand. AJ, I'm with you. How the fuck did was this a draw? <laughs> I mean, it looks like he's getting his ass beat. Because for real, like of the twelve rounds, no bullshit. Tyson Fury probably won eight of them bitches, but. In four of those rounds, he lost, and in two of those four rounds, yeah. his head touched Camden. Correct. <laughs> I mean, Correct. I can't believe they even let this guy keep fighting after I, what yeah, I just I, saw. I literally got up and celebrated because I had I had money on Deontay Wilder, and I'm a <laughs> Deontay Wilder fan, so I was nervous the whole fight. And then when he ended up uh, knocking, this was like the twelfth round with like a minute to go. That last knockout, I was like, yeah, yeah. "Yes, thank God." <laughs> Yes, and then that motherfucker stood up. I said, "What? <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit!" Yeah, dude, uh, it's it's real, real. Like it's real, real. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's I the just, greatest. I just I'm it. telling you, it's the greatest standing kit tit count of all time. So that's why he said that no slow ass ten count like right. uh, correct like in correct. boxing. Gotcha. Um, I I will say this: that was the best Braun Strowman promo I think I've ever heard. And also, by the way, it's funny to me that Braun said that because a 10 count in WWE is way <laughs> <laughs> that is a That is actually a good point. <laughs> now that you way that is, that is a good point as well. Um, look, I, I, you know, I, in, inherently I don't have I'm, – I'm cool with it. And, again, it, it works. I'm, I'm not trying to oversell what WWE is getting out of it, but they're getting a lot out of it. It is a big deal in a lot of places in the world that Tyson Fury is involved with this. They're getting some mainstream sports – uh, conversation, and as you're trying to make this transition to Fox, like this is the type of stuff that you're doing to get attention. I, I have no problem with that. I do think the two are different, though. Like Cain Velasquez is a professional wrestler now, right? Like that's what he's going to do. There, if they're signed him, it's for more than just one Brock Lesnar fight. Like you presume that he, they've got a lot of things in mind for Cain Velasquez because he's a professional wrestler. Tyson Fury's here to do this, and then presumably go back to his career as the lineal heavyweight boxing champion of the world. Like, I'm just going to guess that he doesn't suddenly say, you know what, this wrestling thing's fun too. I might just do this instead. Um, the, uh, Aaron mentioned the Kabuki Warriors. Um, I, I don't even know why I picked them, like, come to think of it. Uh, I think it's dope. I, I love the fact that they had him come out and speak in Japanese too on Monday night. Like, I think that's... That's great for their characters and trying to build something there. I don't know why. I agree. I don't know why people have been afraid of that. I loved Rey Mysterio speaking in Spanish. Like, 
Let's let's do this. Let's play up what we're talking about. Now, of course, the trade-off for that is that... The funny thing is, the reason why... You know why they do those things. Because you're trying to make them heels? No, because they were in they were in California, where there's lots of Spanish speakers and lots of Asians. Well, that's true, except for the fact that it got the super racist thing that you would have expected to do, where everybody just started chanting, what? Like, like that was sort of not... I don't view, I don't view what chance when you speak your... Uh, when you speak your native tongue as racist, I view it as just plat- flat out uh, like ignorant and like like non global. But I view it more as racist if they've been like speak our language. Speak English. I don't know, man. Speak <laughs> American. It's a fine line, bro. <laughs> like I... it, it is a. It, it, yeah. Well, here's the other thing. So, couple things. But here's the thing, though. I You can't say that because if either one of them, you didn't know who they were, and they just walked up to you in the street, and they said everything they just said, what would you say to them? Um, I don't understand you. <laughs> yeah. I would definitely be like... What? what I hear, I understand what you're saying. I, I, I hear you. I don't think I would repeat it back every. Or, or because I'm fancy, I might in in Spanish be like, "Dime." Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Right. Or maybe K. Uh, I don't no, know. No. the the po- proper way. I know. Spanish. I know. I know. But I'm not pro. I don't know if you know this. I'm not proper. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I might say back, "No hablo español." If that was the case, but um, I wouldn't know how to say that in uh, in in Japanese. I would not be uh, prepared to be able to handle that. Situation in Japanese. I thought it was. I honestly thought I liked that segment because when Oscar was speaking Japanese and and Kyrie was just standing there laughing, I was like, "Oh, Kyrie's gonna be like, she's gonna say stuff in English, and that's how the their tag team thing's gonna work. That's cool." And instead, they were just the Japanese iconics, and it was fantastic. That's wonderful. (laughs) I I, I would almost prefer if we had an iconics in every culture. Like that would actually make me very happy. If that was the case. All right. Now, Brandon, I warn you, we only have five minutes to do this particular topic. Okay. Okay. So <clears throat> to me, I think this was like one of those weird title changes where like I picked them because it felt like that thing where like all of a sudden Nakamura was was fighting for the Intercontinental title. You're like, uh, okay, like this is done for a specific reason. These women weren't on TV for like a month and now, you know, all of a sudden they were on Raw, and then they're in the title picture. I think, didn't Asuka pin uh, Alexa Bliss or something, or was it Nikki? They, right, they won a, a, get, a, right. a solo match of some kind, and then all of a sudden this match was made. So this felt like you know a deliberate thing, so that's why I picked them to win. Um, I like the also Mist. Also why I picked them to win. I, I like the Mist. Me too. That is... Adding something, I mean, I think we always were like, all of us are on board with Asuka and Kyrie Sane forever. Um, I think there's some reason why they're not, I don't, I don't know what it is, but I think adding these extra elements to their character is what they need to get on board with, with people like this. Uh, we, we know they historically have <laughs> a problem booking um, anyone that has English as their second language for the most part. Yeah. So, um, I think it's a step in the right. I mean, it is a co- direct fucking copycat of the great Muda, but that worked, you know. So let's see if this. And works. to Jerry, yeah, and to Jerry. And the, yeah. The, that's the thing. I don't. I don't know that it's a ripoff as much as it's an homage, and I don't think. Yeah, it's kind of like how all Samoans have hard heads. There is something to be said for that. There, I mean, there's something to be said for that. <laughs> all, all Japanese people spit green mist. I mean, like, I, I yep. I, 
I'm not too worked up about it. Um, no, it's great. I, I like it. I, I, I think and all black people dance. <laughs> all right, you know what? I've changed my mind on it. It's super racist. <laughs> yeah. They have a very hot, a steep hill to climb if they think that this is going to make them heal. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. But, I mean, maybe in the middle of uh, Iowa or something, they might be healed for the, all the reasons that Glenn said. Well, I mean, but, uh, I'm nervous. That's all I'll say is I'm nervous about, like, the, the fact that they shouldn't be. But I just think there's places where if you speak in Japanese, you're the bad guy, unfortunately. Like, I just think right. that's... They're ba- no, they're bringing back face iconics, bro. I- Oh, oh, I live for that. I live for that. I live for. Also, the other yeah. the other thing too here is like I think it's a good thing that and I get the argument where they haven't really been a tag team cuz they haven't any matches, but like the idea is we made these people an actual tag team. And so if for the women's tag division, you should have actual tag teams and not just constantly people who are thrown together to be a tag team. And I know that that's a flimsy argument because you'd say, well, Asuka and Kyrie Sane only became a tag team so long ago. But, like, the idea was we're actually becoming a tag team, not just two people that have common goals. We were purposely becoming a tag team for the individual reason of trying to pursue these belts. I want that to exist within the women's tag division. I want that to be something they're constantly doing where there are actual tag teams. Sure, we all want more for them as individual performers. Hopefully that comes down the road. But in the meantime, for the sake of the tag division, I think it's a good thing to have actual women's tag teams too. So Can I, can I throw out something at the, to, to end here that I hope this is leading to with what they did on Raw? So they pinned Becky Lynch, by the way. Yes. Um, and... Then you had Alexa and Nikki Cross come out and kind of make the save. So now, you know, with Survivor Series up ahead, which is basically the next pay-per-view that the women can participate in, what if we had, you know, we're setting the stage for Charlotte, Becky, Alexa, Nikki Cross versus Asuka, Kyrie Sane, and who? Sorry, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> uh, Thanks, Alexa. I appreciate that. Uh, all that work, all that work. Um, uh, well, the I mean, you know, Alexa said, "I'm sorry, I don't know." Yeah, yeah, all right. Uh, uh, Sasha and Bailey. Sasha and Bailey. Um, is but how much better would it be if it was like Io Shirai? Well, of course, and, it would be better. But the answer and, and, and female Kai and Tai. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. But the answer is Sasha and Bailey. Like that's. Oh, the answer. I know. Yeah. I know. Um, but that match is going to be killer, and, and that's and that part is disappointing because right now, like the work that you've done suggests that Sasha and Bailey aren't worthy of being in this conversation at the moment. Unfortunately, like you can't have both of them. They're not worthy of being in the world title conversation, but I mean, just to say that they're in a match to be in a match, yeah, that's fine. All right, that's fine. That's fine. All right, um, when, still to come, we will talk about AJ's TLC match. I promise. He wants to talk about. It, we're going to talk about it. And still to come, um, we need to talk about the uh, ratings news uh, from the first Wednesday Night War, which we didn't quite have yet when we taped last week's show. So we need to react to that uh, now that we do know uh, who the victor was. So we will do those things, but after we chat with Percy Watson, who joins us next. Uh, I'm Glenn. He's AJ. Or sorry, I'm Glenn. He's Brandon, and he's... The main event. AJ Francis, this is Jobbing Outs. Around here, there are two kinds of chicken. Royal Farms' world-famous chicken and everything else. What's the difference? Royal Farms chicken is always fresh, never frozen. It's hand-dipped in a secret recipe of herbs and spices and cooked on the spot right in the store. Chicken from anywhere else? Who knows? 
Hungry for some hot and delicious chicken? Get some Royal Farms World Famous Chicken. It's one of a kind. And don't forget the Western fries. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Back in here for segment number three of Jobbing Out. Glenn Clark, Brandon Linton, and of course... The main event. AJ Francis, a.k.a. Frank. AJ, as I mentioned earlier, you have something in common with our next guest, which is the football to professional wrestling path. And in fact... Uh, even one of the teams in common, as obviously one of your stops was with the Redskins, as was our next guest. Um, not only as a wrestler, but then also as a commentator. You've been seeing him for a long time. Uh, he is somebody that uh, we have really enjoyed his work in all aspects and excited to see what's next for him. Uh, you knew him as Percy Watson in WWE and NXT. He is Nick McNeil, and he joins us now here on Jobbing Out. Nick, it's so good to talk to you, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this week. Not a problem, man. Thanks for having me. Anything for a former Redskins alum, man. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. That's really cool that you would do yeah, this. Yeah, see? We got juice. He's not here for you, Glenn. He's here for me. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Hey, so um, what's the, like, what is the, the, the thing? So AJ's, like, making his jump, right, from his football career um, to, to being a professional wrestler and going that route. What for you was like the most difficult part of the transition from one career to the other? Well, trying to figure, honestly, trying to figure out the conditioning because as football players, Facts. we just we ran all the time, just in shape on the field. But this stuff is completely different. You just have to find ways to to train to make yourself better and to have that endurance for for long matches. And honestly, and I've only been working for a year, but the one thing that I've learned very fast is the only thing that gets you in better shape working matches is working matches. <laughs> That's it. That's it. I constantly just get in the ring. Just get in the ring as much as you possibly can. What what was you know I I we didn't you know I don't know the story for why it was 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 it something that you always wanted to do or what was what was your story, Percy? Like AJ has been thinking about professional wrestling since basically out of the womb. Um, like, what was the moment for you where you were like, I think this is a path that I might want to explore? Well, I wasn't, I wasn't too sure. I've always, I grew up playing in wrestling. I never really thought about having a career in it. But, um, this was an opportunity that just kind of officially fell in my lap. I had a, a cousin that was a good friend of, uh, Jimmy Tillis, who was the head of security at the time. And, uh, he set up a tryout, uh, for me down in Tampa, Florida. And I really, really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. Uh, everybody was super cool. I mean, I still got to be an athlete, which was what I enjoy. I love performing, and everything just happened to work out. So it was uh, sort of a kind of an odd coincidence, I guess, if you will, like that it all ended up uh, being that, that you that you led your life to, to professional wrestling. Did did you did you find a love for it, or was it more work for you at that point? No, I loved it. I really enjoyed it. I mean, as a new as an ex football player trying to come in to start a new career that that was difficult because you have to learn from ground zero. You know, AJ being football guys, you know, you think you're the top dog, no problem. Oh, this will be easy. Yeah, and then also everybody else thinks that you ain't shit. <laughs> that, that's true, too. That's true, too. <laughs> but, you know, if you think we think we got it made. We're professional athletes. We play the top level. We'll come in here and just, it'll be easy. No, <laughs> that was not the case, man. Not the case. Uh, AJ actually argues that he always tells me all the time it's easy for him. He always says, uh, "Honestly, I, like the conditioning part is very hard, but honestly, like the in ring work just very." It, I, I was blessed because, and the only reason I know that is because I be at the school at Team 3D with all the guys, and 
a lot of things come more naturally to me than they do other people, mainly because of that just raw athleticism. I'm sure you felt the same way when you first started working. But the question that I really wanted to ask was, how was it presented to you that you were going to be from go from in-ring talent to on-air talent? And was that something that you wanted to do, or were you hesitant at first? Uh, again, it was never something I considered, but any opportunity in that business is a fantastic opportunity. Um, I just I remember one day I got a call from Michael Cole, who's always been a really good friend of mine, a real good buddy of mine. And he said that there were some opportunities coming up. Would I be interested? And I was like, of course, man, no problem. I mean, he knew that I didn't have the, the background or the experience, but he was obviously willing to work with me and get me trained. And, um, yeah, it was good. Yeah, it worked out all right. <laughs> it ended up being a pretty good move for a couple of years, man. Uh, yeah, Nick, sure. Nick McNeil is with us here on Jobbing Out. Nick, you know, it, it, that that part of this is crazy to me with your story. Like, you, you were there in NXT before, like, the shine was really there. Like, you saw what was building, and you were part of what ended up becoming this major international brand did it make it more meaningful for you when that opportunity came along to come back and, and jump back on the broadcast team and say, yeah, I feel like, it made me feel like it was paying off all that work you had done to build the brand to get the opportunity to enjoy being part of where NXT was going? I would have to say, of course, man. I remember back in the day when we were training in Tampa, we were in a little small warehouse down on uh, Gandhi and Dale Mabry. And to see where that, that product, that facility has come to the – to the mega high-end, high-tech facility it is now in Orlando, it's amazing. And that's just the facility. But the product of NXT itself has obviously grown from NXT, too, like you said, as an international brand. And it's, it's big. The pay-per-views are huge, just like you would see on Raw or SmackDown. It's amazing. Yeah, I was, uh, it was my pleasure to come back and uh, be a part of that as a, as a commentator. I'm going to put you under the gun, then, as a commentator. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it, AJ. For your money, what was the best match you oh, ever Jesus. called at NXT? Jesus. Ooh, dang, man. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Honestly, man, I'm trying to think. It was a Johnny Gar man, it was a Johnny Gargano Tommaso Champa match. I-, I can't remember which one because they had Not so shot. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. But man, just pick one. Any one of them would have worked. <laughs> they, they they tear the house down all the time. Those guys are so good. They're so passionate about what they do. Um, nothing will hold those guys back. Injury, nothing. <laughs> Nick, how much do you? I don't know that. I really don't know that. I don't know. Why I've never asked this question before. How much do you know? When you're getting ready to do that match, when you know this is a huge moment in front of a giant arena full of people and all the people, it's the number one trend in the world, and you know the, you have to know the goal is they're going to bring the house down because this is what you do in that brand. How much as a broadcaster do you know what's about to come versus how much are you genuinely just reacting to what it is that you're seeing? It's completely reactionary, man. I'm watching just like you. I'm watching really? Just like the audience, you know? Really? So you don't, like, they don't even let the announcers know the, the finish or, like, any major spots or anything? Man, I'm watching just like an audience member. Wow. Wow. Does anybody, does, does, does Moro know? Does anybody know what's going on, or is it the same way for everybody? The same way across the board, man. Jeez. We're watching We're watching this fan. Jesus. The only reason, the only reason we have the job is that we're able to, to, 
to talk about to talk about what we're seeing. That's it. Jesus. Oh my God. I don't know. Sometimes I guess I understand why. Like, how do you even react? Like, how many times can you just say that's the most amazing thing I've ever seen in the course of one match? Yo, I've lost I've lost my voice a number of times because the energy. I mean, especially working with Morrow, the energy is so high. The matches are so good, uh, and you just haven't you just have the time of your life out there. Man. You know, you re- you reference that Moro is beloved. In, in not just the professional wrestling world, but all of combat sports, he is revered as not just being maybe, you know, the best currently at this, but perhaps one of the best of all time. Um, and you worked with a couple other people in the process, but can, can you take me through for you what it was like to sit next to him? Is he as good as we all believe that he is? And what did it do for you in this portion of your career to be sitting next to someone like that? Hey, look. Straight up, that dude is better than advertised. I learned so much from Morrow of how to be a commentator. It was a little, um, honestly, it was a little scary at first, a little intimidating because he was so good and he had complete command of the booth. You know, uh, trying to find out when you can get your time in to um, to get to get a couple words and to get a sentence in. You really have to learn to to work with him. But at the end of the day, it's, it's a benefit because he's so talented. He's the best, man. There's no question about that. And what about, uh, uh, he asked about Morrow. My personal favorite announcer is Corey Graves. <laughs> yeah, uh, A lot of things with Graves, I feel like, uh, Morrow, I feel like he does a lot of research. I-, I could be completely wrong, but I feel like a lot of the things that he says are like, he does so much research that he's ready for every moment to have a funny, like a good one-liner he can use in that moment. I feel like Corey Graves, a lot of his stuff is off the cuff, and I could be completely asinine and wrong. Nope. But nope. I just, I just wanted to see from your perspective if I was anywhere near close. Man, you're, you're not one hundred percent. Morrow does. I mean, they both do a ton of research. But obviously, Corey, yes. Corey Graves is bottom line, man. He's special. The dude has. It's funny. I got. I've known Corey for so long back in the day at FCW and yeah. and I never knew he had that talent. Like, never knew. Everybody, for the most part, is, is well-spoken, you know, cutting promos and all that. But, man, Corey hops on the mic, and you understand why he's in, had that seat in Raw. You understand why he's now with, you know, of course, still with Michael Cole on SmackDown. He's, he's the truth. That dude's going to be there for a long time. He's going to be there for until he dies, if he wants to. He's so good at it, man. He is, and AJ's right. He's I, really good. There's no doubt. He's, he's, it's a gift. Um. Nick, you know, you, I think we, everybody knows you made the decision to, to move on um, from WWE in the last year and uh, caught a lot of people by surprise, but the sense that we got was it really was your decision and just something that you wanted to do to, to do some other things. Can you take us through, you know, how that came about and what it is that you've been up to is have you closed the door on professional wrestling or is it still something that you feel like, you know, you're only 38, there could be an option there, whether that's on the air or even in the ring at some point. No, I prefer, honestly, I prefer, you know, on, on the air work, man. Um, the door is still open. Uh, I just had a baby girl. She just turned two. And honestly, man, I just wanted to spend more time with her. I wanted to I wanted to do that. Respect. Just be around. You know, with this job, man, there's so much traveling and whatnot. It's just, it's impossible to get that time. You know, when I, when I left, it was, it was a tough decision to make. I talked with Michael Cole and Tom Phillips, and those guys don't know how I felt. And they were on board. And I'll never forget, man. This this lets you know the kind of the kind of business and the 
how stand up certain people are. I had a conversation with Triple H on my last day there. I never forget. We were just wrapped up at NXT, NXT taping. He was like, "Hey man, you did really well. You learned a lot while you were here. You put in the time. You put in the effort. Whenever you want to come back, the door will always be open for you." Wow. And that was big, you man, because it was a, it was a difficult. So it was a bit of a struggle to make that decision, you know, leaving leaving a job like that, WWE, prestigious company and whatnot, but I just thought that was the best thing. It was just cool that they said I can come back and the door's always open. Wow, man. That's yeah. that's really cool. I mean, that's incredible. Um, yeah. Just a goat doing goat things. <laughs> Shout out Trips. Did you, did you have any, like, was there any remorse at all when you heard the USA news? Was there any part of you that was like, Man, if I had known that. <laughs> oh, no, no. I mean, cause, you know, in this business, man, nothing is 100% secret, you know? So there's some things that I that I knew. Facts. I mean, anyway, you know? So, no, that didn't make a difference at all. And obviously the travel would be even more insane at that point if you had to be there literally every week <laughs> in, That's correct. in yeah. order to do it. So I get that all together. Um, we're talking with Nick McNeil. Of course, you knew him as Percy Watson in WWE. Nick, you know, we bring up, obviously, NXT making this jump to the USA Network and, you know, all the attention that, that ends up on the brand because of it. And there are people that have their fears like, hey, is it going to be different because they've got to get it on TV and they need a bigger audience? And is that going to change, you know, the, the brand that we have loved so much for so long? I'm sure that you know, people ask you those types of questions all the time. Like, what's your reaction when somebody fears what might be coming for this iconic brand that's now existed in, in, in the hearts of professional wrestling fans? Actually, man, I have not been asked that question, but there hasn't been a change to me. There hasn't been a change at all. If anything, if anything, people have stepped it up. The talent has stepped it up big time because there's so much. And that's, that's exactly what I thought, too. Yeah, man, there's so much more eyes. Um, the product is more visible now. So everybody wants that time to shine. Everybody wants to prove exactly how good they are. They've been online on the WWE Network for so long. That's cool. We had a lot of viewers. Uh, but now to be on USA, shoot, man, that's, that's big. That's big. Everybody wants, everybody wants to be known as the, the big dog, the big girl, you know, the big woman. The big <laughs> man. We've got to step it up. A lot of eyes on the product. A lot more eyes on the product. And I think that we agree. I think we talked about this last. I think the, the thing that's that's really been, you know, obviously they brought Finn Balor back, but Finn Balor is NXT, right? Like, that's, you know, he's part of the reason why NXT is what it is. I think that we've all been really relieved by the fact that for the most part, like, it, they've just said, hey, these are, are our performers that we believe in and that you love. We're rolling with this crew. This is our crew that we know is good enough for people to watch us on cable television. Especially Cameron Grimes. <laughs> we've got an inside joke and it's not because we don't like the guy we really like cameron grimes of course the former trevor lee um who we we do like it was just really funny that he got like the like in the first episode that they had on the usa network like the second person they brought out before you see matt riddle before you see the street profits before you see anything Cameron Grimes yeah. comes out. I'm like, oh, what a push! <laughs> it's a huge moment, man. It's a huge moment. <laughs> Percy, who? Or, sorry, I keep doing this, right? It's Nick, of course. I'm apologizing for that. That's all good. You one. Nick, who's the who's the performer? Maybe even dating back to your time in the ring, who's the performer that maybe never got the the super push? Either that, or somebody that you were watching the last couple of years as a broadcaster that you would say, man, I would have bet everything on this person, or if this person maybe didn't have an injury or whatever it was, 
this person would have been an absolute star or still could be an absolute star in this business? Mm, that's a tough one, man. That's a really tough one. One thing, okay, I can start here with the Usos. I believe the Usos, I mean, we know that's one of the best tag teams yeah. in WWE history. They could have been that years ago. Nothing's changed about those dudes. They, since I met them, they were always super, super talented. Um, but that's just how the business goes, man. The, um, You're preaching to the choir, by the way. We love them. We're like, we've been, and, and AJ in particular has been on board with them even before anybody else was. Like, I, they're, I mean, they're, they're rock stars, dude. They're rock stars. Oh, yeah. Yeah, those boys are unbelievably gifted, man. But, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I would have to imagine... That's a question that kind of put me on the spot, but I would have to imagine there's a number of people that just didn't get the opportunities yet, you know, and they could they could easily soar to the top, but that's just how it is in any business. Sometimes people get overlooked. Um, you know, you had a run-in or two with Husky Harris uh, back in the day. Um, oh, yeah. Kind of a wild world how that's all played out, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, um, to be fair, I think I like the Firefly gimmick a little bit better. Really? Really? Personally, man. I didn't okay, why is that? I mean I mean, let's be serious though. Husky Harris was the best gimmick he ever had. I thought it was a pretty great gimmick, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> not at all. Nah, no, nah, no, nah. Don't give me look, Husky I said, you know what's funny? I still call him Husky to this day. He hates it, but I still do. Husky, um, He's very, very creative. That's one of his strong suits, man. He can think of characters. He can come up with all kinds of concepts. I mean, just like, like no problem. But my personal favorite was the Fireflies. I just recall, man, WrestleMania, um, pay-per-view shows, and like it would be dark in those, those field arenas, and just people would have those lights shining all over the place. Everybody in the room in the building yep. was with it was dope. It was definitely dope. I, look, by the way, I, I love The Fiend. Like, I'm not going to try to pretend like I don't love The Fiend. I think what you're speaking to, though, is that, like, it's it really is. I think he deserves more credit for how much he is doing with these really significant characters. Like, there's a lot of work that goes into this, even before you get to the point where he goes and puts on great matches. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, don't get me wrong now. I don't want to take away from The Fiend, because The Fiend is still dope as well. Personal preference, though. Firefly. That's wild, man. I mean, I feel you because I definitely wore a sheet mask to WrestleMania 30. That did happen. That's 100%. You were on board. There's no doubt, man. Um, Percy, I did it again. Damn it. I'm going to keep doing it. Nick, the, the, the biggest pinch-me moment that you've had in your, your career in wrestling, what's the moment you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm here, or I can't believe I'm working with this person or meeting this person or this person knows who I am or anything along those lines. What's the biggest pinch me moment that you've experienced in your career? Man, we over, I'll never forget we were overseas and I had a match. It was me, uh, it was me, Booker T, uh, Mark Henry. Jesus. Me, me and Booker T versus Mark Henry and, and Christian. <laughs> dude, I, dude, I was like, what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't suck, bro. <laughs> that does no, not... Man. Like, what is happening? It was the time of my life, you know? That's awesome, man. Oh, yeah. my God. Booker T, Mark Henry, and Christian. All That's that's pretty cool, dude. That's really, really right. quite cool. Right? Yeah, I'm, you know, look, I'm a mark for the business. I, I genuinely love the business. I got passion for it. Um, it's taken care of a lot of my friends, you know? And, I mean, guys that came in and had nothing. You know what I look for? I, this is one thing I always wanted to do. I want to tell the real story of the Usos 
Nobody knows the real story behind the Usos. They see him being like one of the best and dominant tag teams in the world. But I always said one day when I'm commentating to those guys, I'm going to tell the real story and like how they had, they came from nothing. They didn't have anything. And now these guys are like, best tag team ever. That's cool. That's cool. It's dope, man. I hope that story is still one that you get the opportunity to tell um, in in the future, man. In in the meantime, um, what's next? Like besides being a dad, or maybe it's just being a dad, which by the way ain't too bad. Like that's a pretty good thing. But what's what's next? Like what's the next thing that you've got on on your horizon on your agenda? I'm just trying to be a house dad, man. Let my fiance go out first. I'm gonna take care of the baby. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. I respect nah, that. Nah, man. As of right now, as of right now, I can kind of just you know just kind of chill. Um, there's a couple business opportunity, well, a business opportunity on the horizon, and a couple other things that uh, I've been working on. But I'll, I'll let you know that once it uh, once it once it gets there. I want to kind of play it close to the chest right now. That's awesome. And you've, you've kind of like gone silent on social media too, right? Like, are you really involved on social media at all anymore? I'm never really big a big social media person. Like, I just, I just have it. Man, I mean, I, I'm jealous. I'm jealous. I, I wish that I could just go off the, I, I, man, I would like, like nothing more than just escape off the map and not have to do that any longer. Well, that's awesome, man. We, we're thrilled for you, uh, Nick, seriously. Um, I, I, happy that you're able to live your life and, and be healthy and be with your daughter. That's, that's, that's the, the stuff that matters, obviously, man. Um, yeah. Uh, biggest, all right, we'll wrap with this. Biggest piece of advice you'll give to AJ as he makes this jump. Believe in yourself, man, because there's going to be a lot of people to tell you no. Um, stay true to what you want and don't let people dictate who, what that persona will be. Um, and hustle. I love you already because that's, that's and we've already had that conversation too many times on this damn show. That's a fact. That's yeah, a fact, man. Yeah, that's the truth, though. That's awesome. That's awesome. Nick McNeil, of course, you knew him as Percy Watson. Uh, bro, really appreciate you taking the time for us this week, man. It's a lot of fun. Um, uh, we're yeah, big, this is a great interview. We're, we're big fans, dude, and we're super happy for what you're doing right now. We'd love to do it again down the road with you. Oh, yeah, anytime, man. I definitely appreciate it. It's been, a, it's been fun. I had a great time on the show. Good stuff. Thank you to uh, Nick, uh, Percy Watson, for joining us. Uh, that was dope. Uh, appreciate him. Could you imagine, man? Could you imagine, AJ, if you ended up like working – like in a match with like that the caliber of that like you get that opportunity you're standing in a ring and you're looking at fucking Booker T and Mark Henry and I Christian. know I know one thing if I'm wrestling Christian and uh, Mark Henry if I don't take a world's strongest slam and a kill switch I riot yeah it's true it's a good point like if I'm gonna be in this situation I better get that opportunity right <laughs> like I'm with you on that dude well, that's dope appreciate that that was a cool conversation appreciate him joining us. All right, um, I, I assume at some point Brandon might rejoin us. I don't know what happened to him. Uh, he disappeared. Uh, he did that to us last week, though, and so uh, it, it is what it is. Uh, things go certain ways. The good news is because the cancer is gone, we assume it's not because he's dead. Like, that is the good news, is that we assume it's not that he's died, and that's why it is that he he's dead. He might already be dead, though. That's a good point, and it's fair. It's possible. It's possible. All right, uh, a couple things that we need to touch on before we wrap up this week. One, all right, so take me through. I have only been able to see the clips that you have shared of your match. Go on my Instagram right now. Today, I posted the full uh, – it's not the full match, but it's basically the full match. And I want you to watch it and commentate it. All right, all right. I'm going to do my best here. I'm pulling up AJ's Instagram right now. Uh, so this is, the, this is the, first, the first one that I see here. Yep. Okay. 
All right, so this is the CCW TLC main event. Yep. All right, the first thing I see is AJ on a ladder. I'm reaching. It's a shorter ladder because you're a little bit bigger. You don't need the big ladder. There it is. Now, you have another gentleman on your shoulders as you climb the ladder. Oh, holy shit, that's quite the move. That was interesting. Oh, now somebody's been thrown out of the ring. I don't know who any of these people are, so I can't do like an actual live commentary of this. AJ's now searching for somebody to, um, to destroy. Oh, and he's going to go uh, give a bump on the ropes to a, a gentleman in camo panties. Oh, it looks like this gentleman wants to jump on you now, but instead... Oh, you attempted to catch him, but he knocked you over anyway. Now you're celebrating in the ring. This looks like a version of the people's elbow. Oh, holy shit! <laughs> holy... Holy shit! AJ just went flying and took out six dudes. What is going on? We're, I'm commentating AJ's TLC. Start, start it over now. Start now, it over. I'd start right, it, like right. it started over... Oh, for fuck's sake, we're already a minute and a half in. All right. But now I'm not going to be able to get the same reaction as the holy shit that I just gave you. I already know it's coming. It doesn't matter. No, no, no. I'll just pick it up from here. I'll pick it up from here. We're only a minute in. We're good. All right. Uh, where's the link? Where's the link? Go to his Instagram. It's okay. the It's the first video on the Instagram. And I've paused it at the 115 mark of the video. He has uh, a, a smooth boy up on his uh, uh, shoulder, and it appears he's about to give him some sort of slam. Okay, so 115. Matt Stryker hits me with a chair to stop me from doing the dive the first time. Matt Stryker was there? Yeah, Matt Stryker was in the match. That's we cool. had a spot together. All right, are you ready? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to hit play. Ready for one? It, wait, okay. All right, one, two, three. <laughs> All right, now AJ. Oh, performs a slam on a chair. That looked very painful. Now, what is... Oh, they're running knee into the chair. And Jesus. the athleticism of Frank to flip over the top rope and land on his feet. That is impressive. That is actually very impressive. Now you're back on the ladder. You appear to be going for whatever... Is there a belt? Oh, there is a belt. I see yeah, the belt now. tag team title. I got to be honest with you. You don't appear to be particularly close to the belt on this ladder. Oh, oh right to the shit. table. I didn't know that was coming. I didn't even notice the table was there. Uh, now, here's something that doesn't involve AJ, but there's two gentlemen fighting on the ladder. Um, one of them looks a little bit like Damian Priest. Uh, Spanish oh, fly off the ladder. That isn't very impressive. Well, well, you see, the rules must be... <laughs> oh, shit, that looked like it that hurt. He's allowed to do that. Oh, that's a chair shot to the nuts. Oh, God. Um, do you, I'm glad you didn't have to take that. AJ's getting his uh, breath back at ringside. I have a feeling AJ's about to take something else, though. Mm, the action oh! looked like it went in the eye. That didn't look fun at all. <laughs> AJ's uh, AJ's getting his uh, life back. Oh yeah, look at know. Matt Stryker. There yeah. he is, Stryker with the. Uh... I didn't oh, I, I didn't realize that was my, Matt Stryker. By the way, I love Matt Stryker for the record. He's about to. I, do, love, oh! I love the teacher gimmick. He's so cool. Oh, dude, I'm all in on Matt Stryker. My wife's a teacher, so she actually liked watching it when oh, he was uh, cool. doing his thing. Oh, AJ's back in the ring now. AJ's back in the ring. Now, what's, oh, he gonna, no. what's he going to do? I don't like... Oh, he approaches Matt Stryker. Oh, boy. Oh, this is a confrontation. Oh, what a chop! I didn't hurt Matt Stryker. <laughs> of course it did. That's, That's a great, great sell. That's a great sell. <laughs> That's a really good sell. Uh, oh, another table. Another table is coming into the ring. Stryker has gotten a table. 
Now, why would he give it to you? I don't understand that part. Ah, you can't throw him through. Oh. oh. Deception. Great deception. Who's going through the table? Oh, it's AJ. Oh, it doesn't break. It <laughs> oh. doesn't break. It snapped. The bottom part snapped, but it didn't break through. Oh, man. that's rough. That's rough. AJ, AJ brought a character from the Haunted Forest to <laughs> the match. That's so true. <laughs> it's so true. You can see it. His name there is he is. Agony. Agony. He plays the Haunted Forest guy. You can see him currently at any neighborhood hayride. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> His shift didn't start this day yet. <laughs> oh, big shot. Big shot from AJ on the outside of the ring. Uh, we bring back in two gentlemen fighting atop Who are the ladder. these guys, AJ? Oh! oh, shit! Oh, my God. That's pretty great. AJ. Oh, oh! With a big chair shot to the back of the guy that's not working at the hayride today. <laughs> he's he's doing a corn maze any minute. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he, uh, he totally is uh, taking the bit way too far in his personal life. Um... AJ is now. Oh, more chair shots. Oh, come on. The man's dead, AJ. What are you doing? What are you doing? Oh, that's a big, that's a great, that's a Shane McMahon-like spot across the ring. AJ trying to climb back into the ring. Oh, but the guy from the hayride won't let him back in. Damian Priest climbing the ring. Oh, goes through the table. It's a big moment for the guy from the, oh, it's, he's trying to be Bane, Brandon. I just realized it's Bane. Fake Bane from the Haunted Forest. Yes, correct. Where the now you may die. Um, that wasn't a good Bane. I could work on that a little bit. AJ. AJ. Oh, with Bane. AJ and Bane are working together now. Did AJ turn heel? AJ, who's, uh, your, who's your tag team partner in this match? The other yeah, it looks black like you're guy, fighting everyone. Course. Oh, the other black guy, of course. Well, yeah, the black guys would be. Hey, what, what time stamp are you at right now, uh, Glenn? I'm at the 520 mark. Okay. Oh, oh, another. Oh. Oh, even better. Even better from the back. That, that table broke. That <laughs> table legit broke. Oh, my God. You're not God. making it to the hollow screams, bitch. That <laughs> looked painful as shit. Okay. Now oh, what's going on? Who's this tatted up dude? Who's that? It's Alex hey. Ocean. Alex Ocean. All right, Alex Ocean he's now the, has a chair. He's the craziest white boy on the planet. Oh, and he's going right after AJ. Can't blame him. AJ clearly just killed a man, so, you know, got to do something about that. A couple oh. of chair shots. Those look painful, man. Those yeah, they look, weren't great. Those look more painful than the one that you took for losing the bet in New York this year. Yeah, definitely. Um, three chair shots. Now, Alex Ocean is climbing the ladder. He appears to have the largest ladder ever ever built by man. It's a 22-foot ladder. I mean, <laughs> It's out of the frame. He's going to go right past the belt by climbing this ladder. He's going to jump into the ocean from Correct. there. Oh. 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 He's got oh. bad intentions. What's that? What is he doing? What is he doing? Ah! <laughs> Alex Ocean just jumped 20 feet off a ladder in the ring and put AJ through a table. That How was outside that the ring. Felt like a crackback block. Oh. 
Oh, yeah, that slow motion. Now, I'm assuming both tables were supposed to break, but the one that did, it looked good enough. Now, Alex Ocean might have perished. He's unfortunately no longer with us. <laughs> I was just going to say, I don't think his ass survived that. Uh... Yeah. AJ also appears to have perished, as does Bane. They're all no longer with us. Sadly. As does Bane. Yeah, it's a... <laughs> and the match had to end because all of the participants died. It was a tragic. Now, that could have been how they could have solved the Hell in a Cell problem, now that I think about it. They could have just had everyone die. And then... Like, what do you do? You can't continue the match. So, uh, is anybody... Oh, somebody's back in the ring. I say, nobody's checking on any of these guys to make sure they're okay, either. <laughs> is that Matt Stryker who's now climbing the ladder? Yeah. All right, Stryker. Stryker! Oh, and Stryker's got the, belt got the belts. Oh, son of a bitch. Oh, Stryker! It's that bastard the Stryker. Championships. That bastard Stryker takes advantage of literally all of the other competitors in the contest perishing, meeting their ultimate <laughs> end. In order Stryker's to win, probably the like tag. I'm not fucking taking that bump. <laughs> right. You guys can all do that. Hey, uh, to his time. credit, after the match, he goes, uh, he gets on the mic and he has all of us come in to shake our hands and make everybody give it up to us, and because he's like, I didn't really do anything in this match. No doubt. No doubt. <laughs> well, that's dope, man. That is, uh, that is really, really dope. That is. How you uh, feeling, buddy? I feel fine. Like literally, I thought I'd feel way worse the next day. Honestly. I ran. How, how old are you? Considering again? I went through five tables, took ten chair shots, fell off two ladders, took an elbow drop from a man falling twenty feet in the air. Like if you see, there's other views that like are from across the the, the arena. Dog, his feet are like three feet above the top of the backboard in the basketball gym. His eyes. He's eye to eye with like their state championship banners up there. Like it's Jesus. ridiculous how high he was. Uh, for and the, I played the role of airbag. Just to just to compare our athleticism, uh, AJ says he's feeling fine. Meanwhile, I'm training for a 5K, just a 5K that I'm going to run the whole thing. I ran two miles on Sunday, and I still don't feel like I can walk today. <laughs> just to compare our athleticism a little bit between the two of us. Uh, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. So what's next? Oh, and uh, don't forget I did a taker dive in which right. literally only one person caught me. Also true. Also true. Uh, what's next? Uh, well, I mean, because of the reaction, the match just kind of went viral a little bit. And, uh, so as you can imagine, so, um, like we're trying to figure out a way that we can try to do something similar again. But, uh, right now the next couple of weeks is just focused on pushing my music. And so my, uh, Last show at SCW on the 25th. That's it. Uh, that's at the Sausage Castle. And then you're back home uh, like a week after that, right? Yeah, I'll get to punch Ken Dixon in his remaining teeth. I like that. I like that. That, of course, is a prim- primal conflict wrestling uh, coming up. Yeah, November. November 2nd, Harper's Ferry. Going to be a good show for show. That's awesome. Uh, I intend on stealing it. That's awesome, man. Well, uh, great shit, dude. That's uh, that kicks ass. That is really, really cool, man. Congratulations. So now I'm gonna ask you guys. The reason I wanted you to watch the whole match is of all those bumps you saw everyone take. What do you think was the worst, and what do you think felt the worst for me? Ooh, ooh, good question. <coughs> um, I mean, with the, the what you're referencing being the airbag, I I don't know how it could be worse uh. than that. Like that looked like pure hell, but. Hmm. Hmm. I'm gonna say, I don't know. That chair shot to the back early on in the match was felt pretty direct. Like it didn't feel like that you had a lot of give on that. I'm gonna guess that was no. No, fun. Alex. That one thing about me and Alex is Alex. He's crazy. He lets me body slam him on top of chairs and shit like that. 
Like, he's an insane white boy. But yeah. when he has the chair in his hand, he's not holding back for that same Yeah, reason. like that seemed like that probably would have sucked. Um, but you know what? This just shows you how stupid wrestling is. You know what the worst bump I took in that match was? What? The fucking choke slam. Really? Yes, because it was just a high-ass jump to land on my back in the ring. Okay. Like, when you go through tables, that shit slows down your momentum. Right, right. I hear you. I hear you. Wow, And dude. Alex, obviously, that shit hurt, but it only hurt for, like, 10 seconds. Okay. All right. All right. I mean, it just, I, I like, the way he hit it just felt like it was going to sting like hell, man. Well, that's cool. I do have a massive bruise on my stomach, though. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Here. That makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, great shit, dude. Great shit. All right, um, let's quickly run through just a couple more things. As I referenced, we know who won the ratings war for the first Wednesday night. Uh, the, the victors were AEW, uh, popping a 1.4 number, uh, almost double what NXT pulled. Now, in fairness, it was their first show, um, and so you would expect that that would draw something for the first but one. After having to sell, they're definitely going to beat them again this week. I would probably imagine that's the case. Also, weird bit, uh, WWE announced nothing for uh, uh, NXT on Monday night. Like, literally did not promote anything that was coming up on NXT on Wednesday night, which is particularly weird considering they're on the same fucking network. Like they, they ran commercials, but they didn't have any details of what the matches right. were, they super and they deep. didn't say anything during the broadcast portion. Yeah, it was that was a really weird bit. Where like, what are what what are you doing exactly? Um, I, NXT was great, as we referenced last week. It was a great episode. I don't think the problem is NXT. I think that at some point this shit will even out. Um, I, I do think that AEW is riding a high, and as I referenced, like they had a sold out arena arena to show that looked really good. When they go to Charleston, West Virginia, I'm not sure that the look will be quite as good uh, for AEW. But I think this is going to be interesting for some time. And I also think it's interesting how much it matters to each individual brand, right? Like, is, is WWE willing to just say, hey, look, it's not the end of the world if, we, if our third show is still doing a decent number and just happens to lose to another wrestling show. We're not going to panic about that. We're just going to keep doing a good show. Or is it really a big deal to them, and do they start pulling out more stops moving forward? Well, I will say this. This is how much they seem to care about rebounding. The, what they're promoting, while I think is these matches are great, it's not a lot of uh, mainstream um, appeal here. So it's Kushida versus Walter, which is awesome. It's incredible. Right? That's incredible. And we've got Leo Rush versus Drew Gulak for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. Yes, because uh, two hundred five live might never actually. So I don't know if you guys know, but they didn't. They 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 said they were going to do two hundred five live on Friday night. They ran a an old episode instead of. Yeah, and apparently a, they've already scrapped Friday as well. Yeah, so it's starting to look like two hundred five live just might be dead, and the cruiserweight two hundred five dead. Yes, correct. Two hundred five <laughs> dead. Is, damn, how did I not see that coming? That's really on me. Why didn't they wait to kill it at No Mercy 2019? That would have been the appropriate place to do it, wouldn't it have been? God damn it, I don't like that joke. It's great, I just don't like it. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, that's that's the case. No, I mean, those things are good, but obviously it's not. They're not throwing out, like, you know, super, super, uh, you know, mega matches, massive card to desperately try to win the waiting, ratings battle in week two. It seems like they're willing to say, we'll ride this thing out. We think we've got a strong show, and we think that this thing will even out a little bit um, as the weeks move forward. I'm sure they have big things planned down the road, 
but it seems like they're willing to be patient about it. I think that's the smart play. Um, I do. I am more and more convinced. So the team, the the team for um, uh, the, what, what's the, the show the night before Survivor Series. Uh, war games. War games. The team for war games will be Gargano and Champa, Finn and Velveteen. I'm guessing. Riddle. And Riddle, yeah. I mean, I guess he's more directly involved at the moment. Although, you mean the exact match I said last week? No, but now that now I don't, I don't think I think Velveteen makes more sense because he's the one that lost the North American title, right? Velveteen's hurt. So I don't think he was going to be in there. Oh well, I mean, we're still weeks away. How hurt is he? I don't know. It's a back. So yeah, yeah. I mean, that's probably yeah. We're literally like seven weeks away. Yeah, yeah. he'll probably be good by then, but they probably wouldn't want to put him in that match just because come back of it, back right? In. Yeah, that's a that's a fair point. That's a fair point that they might decide to go that route. Yeah, because I don't know if you remember, but everyone's been in this match gets their ass. Yeah, typically the case. Typically yeah. the case. Well, you know it, what? I but I heard there's a new thing. Um, what they're gonna do now in these matches is they're gonna it's just gonna end in a DQ at the end. Like nobody's gonna win, nobody's gonna lose. It's just gonna be a DQ at the end because it's too violent. Like, uh, and then the opponents are gonna wake up and beat the shit out of correct. the people that that's ex- exa- yeah. exactly what they're gonna. Bro, do. that's the that's the thing that kills me most about that thing. Like, if you're gonna do that whole DQ throw the match out thing. The fiend can't get up and then beat the shit out of somebody. I mean, it's it, dude, it's so stupid. I'm just gonna keep making us angry. The other option, by the way, I th- we, we we're so stupid. You know who the fourth member of the team is? It's fucking Cameron Grimes. What the hell is wrong? With that? <laughs> <laughs> it's Grimes time, babe. Like, what the fuck are we doing here? You know, you know what the funny thing is that like this all started as a rib on Cameron Grimes, and now I'm officially a Cameron Grimes mark. Well, why wouldn't you be? <laughs> I need more. Ca- but once you put him in that spot, you better fucking keep putting him in the spot. Man. <laughs> what are we doing here? All right. Uh, what else did you guys well, want to see? Here's the thing. What would happen when they what's going to happen when they book the fiend versus Cameron Grimes? Well, the world is going to end. We're going to collapse under the weight of the great. They're going to remake the Wyatt family. <laughs> you can't make a finish in that match either. Uh, you, know? you certainly can't have Cameron Grimes losing. I know that much. Cameron Grimes step on Bray Wyatt's chest 47 times. <laughs> <laughs> Kick out that one. He'll hit him with his top hat. Oh, all right, all right. Uh, what what did we need to cover that we haven't covered? Uh, can we just say the match of the week is Sasha and Becky and the hell yes. so? Oh, yeah, sure. I'm absolutely good with that. That was incredible. Oh, my God, it was amazing. No doubt. That was, a, that was the thing I think was lost most about the pay-per-view is that people were talking about how bad – this, this is another thing I hate wrestling fans. The, the finish was terrible. I, I hated it. We all know that. But it was, like, a, good, it was a good show. The pay per view itself was yeah, dope. It was like, a good show. A lot of really good matches. Like the, the, I agree. the ending sucked. I think I think the complaint would be, and I think I saw somebody say, like it felt like a really good Raw, right? Like it felt yeah. like a night. Where, uh, no, it didn't because I've never seen a match like the opener. Well, okay, fine. If you want to, it, it, that's I'm okay with that, right? I've never seen that ma- a match like Sasha and Becky put on in the Hell in the Cell that's, on I'm, any Raw I'm, ever. I'm fine. In the I'm absolutely ever. fine with that. So separate that. It feels like, but again. When I say that, I take a really good raw, right? Like, what's the problem with a really good raw? Why would that be an issue? Um, yes, it's convoluted by the fact that it was a disaster at the end of the night. But no, I thought in general it was a really good show, particularly considering 
it was largely thrown together over the last, you know, 48 hours before the show started. We knew three matches as of 48 hours beforehand. So, yeah, I'm good with that. Well, that's the part that feels like Raw, right? Right, <laughs> like, correct, correct. Like, oh, okay. Like, I mean, it is strange. So, like, you know, we all return to do our picks and they throw together four matches. We're used to that happening sometimes with a match or two. Four was aggressive. Then you just get this Randy Orton match that they didn't tell you about at all that they very well could have with the other matches, um, which is fine. It's just, you know, we get a little bit extra because I would have loved to pick that match. But that's, you know, the general person doesn't give a shit about that. Um, the Ali spot where he blocked the RKO, that was pretty great. Oh, like, it was like dope. It was super dope. How have no one ever thought of that before? It's amazing. Like, it's such yeah. a simple thing, but it was like, oh, okay. Like, yeah. You know, it was, it was pretty cool. I'm with the you. reason um, nobody ever thought of it is because when you do that and then immediately get RKO'd, you look like an idiot. <laughs> also he true. didn't get immediately RKO'd. Did he? Didn't the match he go on? He literally for blocked it, went to the corner, ducked through, kicked oh. Randy Orton in the head, rolled out, and cooked an RKO. <laughs> <laughs> that was the the spot was block the RKO, feed to the corner, kick Randy Orton in the head, roll through RKO. That was the spot. All right. Oh, because because he missed his top rope thing and rolled through, right? No, he just did the I duck through the middle rope and kick you in the head gimmick. Oh, okay. I, I thought he was going for the... That must have been earlier in the match when he went for his yeah. top rope. Gotcha. Maybe that was even before the RKO that he blocked. It was. Yeah, yeah, As yeah. I'm yeah. saying, the spot was literally blocked RKO, that's sick, feed to the corner, <laughs> do the little move where the skinny guys jump through the second rope, kick him in the head, he feeds out, you roll <laughs> through to do your little DDT, and he catches you an RKO there. Yeah. That doesn't sound bad. <laughs> that doesn't sound well. He's less likely to block it if he's rolling through the DET, right? Oh, uh, sure. This is super complicated, man. <laughs> this is super complicated. Whatever. It was dope. It was incredible. It was amazing. I'm on board. What about uh, <clears throat> I, I, something I've been meaning to bring up for a while? We could we could actually talk about two people in this way. Like, what is up with all of these weird prom like? All these weird, like, promos of guys that haven't been on TV in three months that just like to talk to us every week. Well, I mean, that's that's not new. They've been doing that for a long time. I, I mean, Alistair Black at least right. wrestled. Right, uh, but I also... But, I, 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 I think when you're bringing somebody back, it's a logical way to go about doing it, right? Um, yes, it's probably them buying time because they don't have a plan. But at some point... I think the authors of pain promos have been really good. Like I think they've been, Even, really the, but they're the twins from Breaking Bad, right? Yeah, that's fine. That's I'm all right with that. <laughs> like, I'm okay no, with but that. Here's here's what I love the most about the authors of pain thing. That style of pro. First of all, they start in English and then it goes into the right. <laughs> into right. the Spanish speaking portion, which is weird. It's definitely not Spanish. Yeah, it's definitely not Spanish. But oh, I don't what, know what are they it speaking? Farsi. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Whatever they're speaking, I don't know what they're speaking, but whatever they're speaking, like they they speak English first, and then they go into that. But those segments are like screaming for parodies, because you can yeah. put it anything on the screen, and no one would know what they're really saying. Like the like the uh, like the Hitler movie parodies. <laughs> exactly. Like it would be like, you know, you play the promo. A lot of people have said we haven't been on TV for three months because WWE has no idea what to do with us. 
well, you would be exactly correct. <laughs> <laughs> and you just go on and on like that. Like, the truth is, if we were on TV right now, we would lose the heavy machinery in five minutes. And nobody wants to see that. <laughs> <laughs> that could be funny. Um, that's, I, all, that's all that was running through my head is like, what could we say they're saying? So, right? so my, one thing I want to say before we tag out is uh, I just want to say rest in peace to the best in the uh, world. Oh, yeah, it's over. Uh, then it's over. I'm going to miss it so much. Just going to miss it. Can't tell you. That's uh. <laughs> why I watch. Yes. Shane McMahon. Yep. They're gone forever. Oh, it's, it's over. So sad. So, so, so wait, sad. Where, where does this put Kevin Owens? Uh, uh, he's going to get drafted to Raw. Probably. Probably would. Yeah, that would make sense. I, by the way, I guess let's, let's let this be the way we wrap it up. Um, are you conv- is, uh, Do you fear that this draft is going to go where we're going to walk out of it saying, oh, shit, everyone's on SmackDown? No. Okay. No. Nah. Okay. I, I think there's too many guys, and SmackDown's only two hours long. Okay. I mean, that's that, see, here's here's the interesting thing, and I was thinking about this because we, I know we started down this road last week where we were like, oh no, not oh no. I let, let me take that away. SmackDown is clearly the focus, right? That's we we think this is the A show now. It's the focus. Well, the good news is before the A show, the focus was three hours long. Well, it's this this kind of balances out, right? Because you've got a three hour show on Monday. For now, at least, you've got a two-hour show on Friday that's the main show. By virtue of need, you're going to have to put more people on Raw because there's an extra hour. I understand what you're saying. I still think it could be a little top-heavy, the other one. Like, I it think could it be top-heavy, but I'm saying like, they're not going to be able to put every single— I mean, I think you know maybe we were on to something. We didn't flesh this out, but we were on to something a little earlier when we suggested that— um, or I think, Glenn, maybe you mentioned it a little bit, but, but clearly, like— they're making concerted effort to build Rusev probably because of this, because he's because Raw is going to be a lot of that, right? It's going to be a lot of those level Which, guys. And, and if and your then point is have a main event picture, right? If your point is, hey, look, yeah, there might be there might be the, like the superstars or superstars end up on SmackDown, but the guys that are going to be on Raw are guys we all like, and we've yes. been looking for an opportunity to see them getting more screen time. That's and then probably like an AJ Styles or someone right, like and that. That's sort you know, of it's going to be at the top of the what, show. What AJ brought Daniel up Bryan, in the past, you know? which is that once upon a time, Raw was the A show, and yet we all preferred the B show because that's where all of the people were that we liked that were all getting good screen time and doing good things. So I could absolutely see that being the case again moving forward. Uh, I, I will say, uh, can I tell you what my favorite sentence of the entire episode of Raw was? And then there's something else we need to talk about, uh, we gotta, which we gotta is fly. a problem with quickly, Raw. Quickly fly. What? Quickly. Got to fly through it. We're at two hours. What, what is All it? All right. My favorite sentence that was that happened on Raw today was the backstage interview person said, Raw got off to a hot start, and we're not slowing down anytime soon. Let's welcome in Apollo Crews. Yeah, that was good. That was really good. <laughs> Um, it's not as good as what was Baron Corbin's line. My testicles are per- perfectly adequate. That's the <laughs> yeah. that's the best line. He's a, su- he's a super tough dude. Correct. He is a super tough dude. STD, STD. But my testicles are perfectly adequate. Needs to be a t-shirt for sure. And then, oh, and the last thing I gotta say is, what the fuck was Jerry Lawler doing? Um, it, first of all, he he's been atrocious since he came back. He doesn't even know who half the people are. But during the match uh, with. Uh, Lacey and Natalia. How many times did Vic Joseph have to tell him to fucking move? 
Like, did you see the spot where they were oh, training even, on the I table? Didn't, I didn't notice that. I really didn't notice that. That's funny. Dude, it is bad. Like, you should go back and watch. Like, the, the other two announcers get the fuck out immediately. There was there was something very awkward about like him being Jerry like... Jerry Lawler's just standing there. No, but you there was... Vic Joseph <laughs> audibly say, Jerry, move. Jerry, you gotta move. Oh, my God, you gotta move. And he's just fucking standing there, like, looking around. And then, and then like, you see him motion, like, to fucking move. And he's still standing there. I was like... What is going on? That's really. Like, I didn't. I did not notice that. I did notice him. Like th- th- what you're referring to about him not knowing what's going on. He's like, huh? A Southern Bell, huh? Yeah. How about that? I like the, <laughs> like the sound Southern Bell. Like it was just very old manish and bad. And he also suggested that uh, the Raw and SmackDown women's champions could go the same brand <laughs> in the draft. <laughs> oh, I mean, they, they, they could. I don't. All right, Chai, that's enough. All right, get. Uh, let's get the plugs in. Um. AJ, we'll start with you. I mean, you already you already mentioned it, but let's plug one more time. Uh, album is out right now. Oh, did we lose AJ? Where'd he go? Oh, AJ's gone. Oh, no, his mic's muted. AJ, your mic's muted. There you go. Uh, <laughs> free agent available on all platforms. Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube, Tidal, everything. Um, check it out. Um, and we're almost at 200,000 streams in the opening weekend, so that's, awesome. that's probably cool. At AJ but Francis 410, of course. At AJ Francis 410 on all social media. Um, my, my album is in my bio link on all my social media, too, so just click it, and it'll take you where you uh, can get what you need. Uh, I got the show on the 25th at SCW. It's a casket match, so that'll be done. Oh. I got the show November 2nd at Harper's Ferry at a night to remember 13 against Ken Dixon. Uh, I'm sure you guys will find reasons to not come to that too. Um, we already talked about this, but we'll talk about it more. Um, yeah, just uh, follow me on social media at AJ Francis four one zero for everything you need to know about me. All right, Brandon. We just announced several Silver Sun pickups are playing Rams Head on December sixth. Uh, tickets are on sale for that now and going quickly. I'll be we also just say, did they have two hundred thousand plays this weekend? We also have K Michelle. Coming to uh, Ramshead on Thursday, November 21st. Tickets Way to are avoid a question. For that now. Uh, I know K. Michelle ain't have 200,000 200, <laughs> streams this weekend. Oh, I know that for a fucking oh, fact. Man. I just did that two hours. and We got to go. I can't do this. I made a mistake there. I'm sorry. All right. Uh, Ramsheadlive.com is what you're telling people. Yeah. Oh, Ramsheadlive.com. Get all the tickets there. Uh, lots of other stuff coming up. And hopefully... Really the nice. announcement that we kept teasing yeah. for a month yeah, will happen nice. soon. Be nice at some point. At Brandon Linton on uh, Twitter as well. At Glenn Clark Radio, glennclarkradio.com. Thanks again to uh, Nick McNeil, Percy Watson, for Aaron, for Brandon, and for... The main event. 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 You see what happened is he was just standing there. He was just standing there. Oh, yeah, he's got one. Move, Jerry. But what about that guy, Cameron Grimes? I love that guy. Grimes time. AJ Francis. I'm Glenn Clark. This is Ben jobbing out. Damn it. This is Ben jobbing out. They're about to use the table for a spot. Just move.